Mama. Mama. We made it. What it, what it, what it do now? Yeah. Oren Yoel is in the building. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm so pumped for this episode. We have a very old friend. Yes. A comrade, a soldier. Yes. I wish Greetings. I wish everybody I wish everybody that's listening to this could see these locks of fucking lusciousness right now. Dude, bro. I feel Oren and I switched places in the hair department. Yes, you did. <laughs> we kinda did. We yes, kinda you did. did. Like, dude, I'm gonna do the fucking like I'm gonna put side by side 2007. 2016. You but I didn't be. have that little that little yada to me right there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have that right there. No, it's crazy. But you're, no, you're the dude that tucks your shirt in now. You know what I'm saying? I don't know about the tucking. You do shirt, the full no. tuck. I do the back. You got tuck. the like. Nice I do the hair. back tuck, bro. You actually, you actually look through the like the pamphlet at the at the hair cuttery and like say, I want it like this guy. So anyway, <laughs> you dig <laughs> this guy. This guy. Orn Yoel, welcome to Mama We Made It. Th- thanks for having me, fellas. Man, happy yes. to have you on. So we're going to get right into it. A man, you've, I, I want to say this first, like for the listeners, Orin has been someone who is probably in my top five most influential people in my musical journey. And Ooh, that's actually shit. very real talk. Um, just, you know, we played in a band together for years, um, wrote so many songs, played bass on a lot of tracks, made tracks together. What's actually crazy, here's a funny story. So when I first met you, dude, one of the first things when we started playing together, like you were like, hey, man, just uh, hit the G, go up a third, do the augmented seven. I was like, bro, I don't know what you're talking about. Ah, uh, damn, I sound and like a nerd. No, no, <laughs> fuck. No, but, but, but dude, you said you were like, yo, you need to learn music theory. And it was because just so we could talk about stuff in a very easy way. I did not, dude, I didn't know any, I didn't have the formal training or even like put time into music theory. But I went home, I was like, oh Jesus, I feel like I suck. You asshole. (laughs) Damn. No, <laughs> dude, <laughs> dude, y'all you, you, you gotta cry the episode. And he, and he no. cried himself to sleep that night. Know that, but dude, that was probably one of the most pivotal points for my musical career because I learned theory so hard at that point just so we could talk and make music, and I found no importance in it before up until that point, and I think that really shaped like. I think our relationship in terms of musicians, I was like the start of it. because so I worked my ass off for that. Well, well thank you, young Roushy. Yeah. Young Roushy. I just had to get that off my chest. No, bro. no. What, yeah. what, what was it about it, though, like then, like with him throwing the music theory thug at you and like you um, well, let, let, understanding the importance at that point? Because like we're going to get into this, but Oren's the guru, dog. The guru. See, I want to. I wanna, yeah, let's like, just get in. Somebody because like me, like I don't understand music. Like to that degree and that. Get up on the mic, baby. Get up on the mic. You feel me? I thought I was like going straight back so I could still get it. Um, But like watching the brilliance of Oren, and this isn't like going to be a a compliment showering, like just spraying from. Nah, man, shower away, Um, man. But (laughs) watching Oren, like he has such an incredible understanding and and like uh, view of the theory of music and how for him he puts it out there, right? So like you, young, just like coming at him and just being able to play and knowing the importance of being able to speak music with him, right? Like what, 
what was it about him that like made you want to go do that? Well, okay. So the thing was, I learned to play bass through Nirvana. That was literally how I learned to play bass. Word. Just played a shitload of Nirvana songs. And you know those bass lines are, are great, but they're not that complicated. A lot, lot of root notes. Nah, they're fine as fuck, though. Yeah, they're, but they're fantastic. But Oren, when you started, I actually want to know from you, when you started playing music, and we know it started at an early, early age, but how did that, because would you consider yourself classically trained or not, not, not even there? Like, I wouldn't be like, Oren Yoel, classically trained musician. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I mean, I started at an early age um, from like the third grade playing a little clarinet. Uh, you know, my mom really wanted my brother and I to learn instruments and shit. And my brother picked up clarinet. So I was like, oh, OK, cool. That's fucking fly. <laughs> um, and, you know, I started with that. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like I, I went to I went to school, you know, for 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 jazz fucking piano at SC, you know. I don't think any of that shit really matters. So when somebody says, are you classically trained? Um, I almost want to say, like, no, because I almost don't want to be you. that dork. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, like, I, like, I don't care about the notes. You know, I, I mean, I don't know. But as you were, like, musician, because when I met you, it was post-SC. But getting into SC, you know, before um, you wanted to be a musician and obviously getting trying to go to USC, you, you, you yeah. got to have some chops. Yeah. Like, talk about that, man. Talk about that, that ambition to YSC, why even major in music. And, you know, you at that point into saying, like, look, did you feel you were a musician as a kid growing up or was that something later which projected into into college? I I had a little bit of of both stories because I also did the clarinet. But then, you know, um, me me and some of my friends would go up on Melrose and just listening to to underground hip hop. So I always respected the art of of just making records from a production standpoint. So really, I kind of was lucky because I saw like cool shit as a kid. You know, versus somebody would be in the middle of America. I was like at the epicenter of like cool stuff at Dude, the time, and I miss that so much about Melrose. Bro. I know, man. Melrose is is super weak now. It's like you know, it's like get some weed. You know, every like two shops. <laughs> Dude, and shit. Melrose and, and, and used like, to be like yeah. record store records. It was like hip hop store, yeah, punk store, fat beats, mixtape. I learned about music, like like cool stuff. You know there you know at the house my mom was listening to the beatles the kinks and all the 60s groups i go on Merrill's and we were listening to all the fly underground like 90s the hip-hop shit like you know what i mean so um i had that bit of that dichotomy where i was learning still like that classical vibe and 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 still about making records so i think when when it was the time to go to school um my approach was i just wanted to learn to be a better producer and a better songwriter and a better musician but to, what, what to make you, better records you know what, what were you playing at the time though what do you mean what kind of music or? no just like you, you you didn't go to sc for clarinet like you started no i went keys. for i went for piano yeah, yeah i went for piano i mean well <clears throat> first i started on clarinet and then i started playing out like saxophone like the baritone uh the which baritone. is still one of my favorite instruments of all time such such a fly instrument um, and then I kind of worked my way up and was playing like alto sax and stuff. But, you know, the thing is, is like it wasn't super satisfying because I couldn't do that much. I could only play one note. You yeah. know what I mean? At the time. And some of my friends were really cool and like they would go up to the piano and know how to play. So one dude would be like playing, you know, uh, you know, on the bass and the other friend would be kind of playing on like just a melody or whatever. And I just yeah. always wanted to do that. So I took it upon myself to just like learn all that shit, to be totally honest, yeah. you know, and then I kind of 
got like some real cheap lessons at this random ass music store you know what i mean by <laughs> really? myself yeah i just wanted to learn it because it was so limiting doing saxophone and like that and i wanted to play keys to um you know to have some f- some chops to make some great records you know so it was always the producer state of mind for first rather than like because for me at least it was like i wanted to be a bass player it was like my right. identity like bass is life bro <laughs> right 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 uh, and i think i mean there's a lot of a lot of musicians like that like i'm a guitarist i'm a you know keyboard player yeah um i had no clue what production even was for a very long time right i actually thought production was like you know you I like Rick Rubin. I was like, yeah, but I didn't even associate Rick Rubin with being a musician. It's just like, but totally. that in my mind, that's what was a producer. Right. That you don't even have to be a musician. You just have to be someone who like puts the shit together. Right. Well, I think, you know, it's, it's all about knowing about possibility. You know, m- my best friend at the time, Jordan, he had an MPC and records. Shout, shout out to sh- Jordy J. Shout out to Jordy J. What up, Jordy J? Um, he, he, you know, he was so cool because he was able to like sample stuff and make tracks and, and all these things. And, it, and, and I was, I saw the possibility of, of, of making records from an the early age. Bro. You know, it, it, you really have to, have to see it. So I think for me, I was lucky in that sense. And then of course, being just at that episode at the time in LA, I was able to just kind of soak it all in. So that was really m- my angle. And so, yeah, yeah, I totally feel you. It all depends on how you come in. I always just wanted to make records. Like, and I guess I was lucky in that sense, honestly, that I kind of knew it at a younger age, you know, that I wanted to, that's all I wanted to do. You know? That's incredible. Yeah, it's like, it's interesting. Do you think that had to do with genre? Like, because you were listening to a lot of hip hop at the time. And where I was listening to like a lot of rock. I mean, the hip hop, I did listen to hip hop, but I was more rock dude um that's a good point though yeah because it's easier to make was easier to make a hip-hop record than a rock record because well, you at bring the time. Up, yeah you bring up the mpc yes. and that's where you get i guess into the difference between like a producer and, and the beat maker because like once the mpc went like jordy had the mpc right. so you're making records you're making beats but they're records right but i do think genre does have um have something to do with that no, 100%. I mean, if you're into rock and that's what you do, you have to know somebody who has a legit studio at the time, especially. Like, oh, yeah. you know, so you had to know somebody. But if somebody was just making some beats, you would have to have like a little audio interface and you can you record in your MPC, have a little mic, you know. Done. Put it in the bathroom. The digi, you know the, what I mean? Digi, the Digio One. Get a little mattress going, <laughs> put it in the corner, and, and, and you got a little makeshift booth, you know. I mean, it's easier. it was easier to make a record. So, yeah, the possibility of knowing how to make it was 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 easier i i that's a good point yeah it's interesting man um nushi would you you listen to hip-hop right yeah you're more hip-hop too yeah i was introduced to hip-hop like i was a young kid and and like one of like during that time get up on the mic baby my apologies i'm literally looking to the left for no reason but my neighbor was this kid that was like 11 years older than me Right. So when I was like in in like the first and second grade, he'd always like take me around. I was like his little brother. Mm-hmm. He'd take me around just like blasting Pac and Dre and like just straight hip hop. So like my affinity for hip hop grew because I really like looked up to this kid and he was just playing all these hip hop records. So for me that like hip hop raised me. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm a diehard Pac fan. Yeah. To the death of me. 
You know what I mean? I, okay, I feel you. Die hard. All right, dude. All right, all right. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> he pulls out a knife. He's like, I'm a die hard. He pulls Who, out a Who's Bruce, not fucking with Tupac? A Bruce Willis statue. I'm, I'm a die hard fan. What was the drive for you, though, like early on, right? Like, like even like pre-college, college, like right after college, you wanted to be a producer. You wanted to be involved in music. Like you had that bug. Yeah. Like what, what was the drive for you? Like did you know early on or were you even thinking about like, yo, like I need to get records. I need to meet like different artists. Like was that your, your plan or was it something that like as each step moved on, you were like able to see what the possibilities were in, in the next step. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, you know, it's really the latter, you know. Um, I, I unfortunately, or whatever, I mean, it's my journey, but like initially I didn't really work with artists. I just sat in my room and just made shit, made, you know, and nobody heard it. And it was just me. And um, I was just kind of perfecting my craft. I didn't really... You know, I'm a shy dude, so it was yeah. kind of tough to kind of just be like, you know, really getting out there and passing out CDs. I first tried to get my craft in, in, a, in a good place. And then through there, you know, people were like, oh, this is kind of good, you know. And then yeah. and then I started meeting people and, and um, that's really how it happened. It just I, I there was really no plan to go and meet this artist and that artist. Yeah. Um, I just really was an asshole and sat in the room for a long time and figured out some stuff. And then through that the right people here heard it you know at the right time yeah you know i want to touch on one thing though yeah, like, yeah, yeah. At, at that point like such a like adolescent stage a juvenile stage in, in in the journey like perfecting your craft right did it ever come to a point where you were battling like what what's perfect then because like obviously growing through and and having years upon years under your belt you realize that like Yes, you want to reach perfection, but like perfection could take forever. Right. Right. So like, was it like perfecting your craft? I see it as like being able to like hit the, have an identity and be comfortable with that and be able to like find different people come along and you work with them. Yeah. But was it like a pressure to perfect it or was it just like, look, I'm going to fall back, perfect it and then, and well, then go out there. I wanted people, I think my goal was just, for people to do the stank face when I hit play. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. That's really all I wanted, you know, because I feel you. like I, I didn't even know what I was I just wanted to the like, stank face like you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I, I I just, you know, like I was saying, I had I had my best friend and his brother were all cool and they were making tracks and DJing and all these right. things at a very young age and very cool and I just you know he was making some fly shit and I just you know and like I said I had other friends that would go by the piano and like play something so yeah. I had these really creative people around me mm. um, which is cool you know and I think I wanted to be creative as well and, and, and be like oh, yeah, that's fly you know what I mean yeah and just and just impress and and and, and that was my goal you know Word. that's interesting so when you were in high school you were uh, you were making tracks yeah I was making tracks probably around the age of like 15. Jordy was rapping. Jordy was rapping, but I wasn't cool enough at that time. And the funny thing is that um, Jordy Wait, was you, actually... You, in you a, weren't cool enough to let your best homie rap on the tracks. <laughs> no, 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 vice versa. No, he, he, I wasn't cool enough to like, to like make music with him oh, you know, at the time. You, I wasn't I cool you. at that time. Because actually you. it was crazy. I mean, he was in a group and they were opening up for DJ Babu and he was 15 years old. Oh, wow. So, and they was making the tracks and it was a very young age. He was doing some cool shit. Yeah. Um, I rem even remember going super randomly in East LA and he was playing the show and it was like, 
stanky, man, but it was just filled, you know, with people. Um, so, um, what was your question? <laughs> <laughs> but you were making beats in, uh, in, in high school and with people rapping, like starting to, the first time you're starting to make records. Was it in high school? No, it wasn't. No, it, wasn't. it really wasn't. No, really? I, I, I mean, well, it was probably right at the end of high school, actually. Oh, I think no. finally at that point, maybe like 17 or 18, I was, I was cool enough. You know what I mean? And, what, I, and what, I also was prepared. What was that cool? I guess I just, I, I guess I was getting the face I wanted when I hit play. Word. You know what I mean? And, now, and, and, and the people that, you know, like, for example, you know, Jordan and, and some other people that we was around us, you know, I was finally at a level where people wanted to rap on it, Word. I guess, you know, before. Um, but yeah. And you felt that first? Like, so you were like making beats and doing your shit. You're like, I'm not that good yet. Like, you actually recognize that. Yeah, I mean, I would show it to everybody. <laughs> like, I would try to show it, you know. But um, I was also kind of lucky, too, when I got a, a, a little bit better, too. I, you know, I got this random internship at this, at this studio. I, I sent out my resume to 30 places in L.A. Only one called me back. Really? There was a reason, too, because they were fucking whack. Is this during high school? <laughs> huh? During high school? Yeah, uh, right at the end. At the like, end of high school, like, yeah. yeah. And um, for, I would be making tracks on um a, a cork trident at the time i didn't have the money for, to get an mpc and like a keyboard <laughs> yeah so i was just doing the drum program on the on, on the on the cork triton but um you know i got this job and um yeah i was exposed to some really fly and cool stuff because mm. i'm seeing this equipment that the records that i was <laughs> wanted to sample or were sampling they they made it from with the with this equipment so wow. i got very interested and um, I wanted to have that that sound quality that was that was amazing. So I was exposed to that. You know, I got to that kind of next level after sitting with Jordan, you know, in a room or myself and recording on a, you know, an inbox or something, whatever. And just seeing, you know, the possibility of these these, you know, this incredible studio with these million dollar boards, mixing consoles. Wow. Yeah, it's it's the possibility. See, that exposure is is something so special, man. Hundred percent. Yeah. It's a uh, it, it like opens your mind when you can step out of your bedroom and step out of your closet booth. Absolutely. And uh and, and see that and be around it and know how to like rap chords. Hundred percent. And like definitely for any any you know youngsters out there, I would definitely say just all try to hit up anybody you can and all possibilities you know to 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 get where you need to go you know because. Uh, yeah, like I said, I wanted to know about equipment, and um, I wanted to work at a studio. I thought it was the way the way in, and uh, it wasn't. But I did learn a, a, quite a bunch, you know. So at that time, did you know you wanted to be a producer? Was that like in, like because yeah. I felt like in high school, I was like, I want to be a rock star, right? Like you just kind of like know what your your dream is, and and you you start to get the first feeling of like what's your passion? Like Nuji, what was your passion in high school? People, bro human beings are so interesting like at that time like i was active i was doing all these things but like seeing the way people acted and reacted to certain scenarios and environments was just so interesting to me mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like that really was like what my passion was and you're definitely a people person too man. yeah man. That's your, that's but it's chance, wild because yeah. like i go through like like i consider myself like an introverted extrovert right but like, like it, it, it's it's not something that like it can be easily like received. But for me, like I love observing, you know yeah. what I'm saying. And I feel like it's played a role in you know where where we get to. But like the, the wildness for me is that like your driver was possibility, right? And like you know I've known you for such a long time, but it, but 
that one statement makes so much more sense because like you're always like the like the beauty about you for, from my eyes as just like an observer right a friend observer and just like somebody that like loves your craft and loves you as a human being is that now knowing that even from the the get-go like your whole drive was based on what the possibility is and the beauty of the fact that possibility is endless like makes so much more sense yeah you know what i'm saying one of the most curious dudes when it comes to like like it started early for you like it's crazy how you grew up in a scene in LA where like the, the, the music scene was ripe. You had a best friend that was like hype in the scene. Right. And and you were always like fighting to 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 be good enough, right? Yeah. Still am a man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's a fight. Which actually leads in. This is see because I asked that question about you know you in high school. It's I mean it's it's a weird time for a lot of a lot of people, especially as a musician. It's like you're, you're in the scene, you're discovering who you are. You wanted to go to USC to not be a piano player, but you went for the music program. Yeah, I just wanted to, to learn, man. At first, I, the irony is I tried out for classical and yeah. uh, failed miserably. Because um, you, you didn't get yeah. into SC at first. For, oh, yeah. First off, I didn't even get in SC. See, that, now, it, now that's, an important, <laughs> that's an important thing, I didn't even man. get in, yeah. And they, were, they sent me a letter and they were like, um, yeah, you didn't get in, and if you want to appeal, it's like you got a 5,000 to one shot. We let in like 12 kids. I was like, cool, I'm going to write this shit right now. And I wrote it. I was pissed because I knew that they were missing, and I, we, you know, that it was, I needed to go there. I needed to learn. I wanted to, and what was crazy is that I didn't get in a lot of schools when I actually applied. But, you know, I knew I needed to go to SC. Actually, you know, my mom went there, my, my brother went there, so... Um, definitely felt at home to go there, but also the music program was incredible. I just wanted to learn, you know. Dude, what was that like not getting in? <clears throat> I, I was upset. Man. I mean, obviously, you know. I mean, I was like, I mean, of course. No, at but the just time, like, but but like reflecting on, obviously, like it's disappointing, um, dude. I didn't get into Santa UC Santa Barbara, right. my dream school. I fucking bawled. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely was shedding a couple of tears, but on some real shit, I literally that little um, fire under his ass. Yeah. Though. I literally went to, to my old ass computer at the time um, and uh, I started typing it up. Um, I started typing up an appeal letter because I, was I wasn't okay with that. I was like, you, you know, and I wrote something from the heart and I got in. And then you got to go next semester. I got, yeah, I got deferred to spring. So I, I then went for a semester to uh, Santa Monica College, which was actually a really great experience. It's interesting because you went for, you know, you go for classical, but the whole time it goes back to saying like, you know, I don't think you really identified with being a piano player more as like being an ambitious producer and someone Absolutely. who wanted to make records, whereas probably most of the students identify with being a piano player. You know what's crazy? Like point. at USC, when I took the piano class, yeah, um, the teacher, she, I think she was like a master student, mm -hmm. you know, getting her master's. She was teaching the class and it was all stuff that's obviously like you're learning classical tunes and stuff. And... After class one day, you know, I, I, I needed some help figuring out these, these fucking chords. And I asked her, I was like, oh, I was like, you know, so you're a musician, you're a class. And she was brilliant, like insane. She knew how to play all the, all the crazy stuff. But I was like, do you ever write your own stuff? She's like, I've never written anything yeah. original. I was like, really? You're like the most brilliant <laughs> piano player I've ever seen on the planet. You've never even just like... 
yo, I got like four cores and shit that I yeah. fuck with. She's like, I've never written anything. And it just, you actually met a lot of students like that who are super brilliant, super virtuoso, but don't actually write original stuff. And I don't know, man. I'm just going to take it here. I've always had kind of a, I don't know if it's a beef, but I've always had a weird feeling of like people who are virtuosos and great fucking players versus writing good songs. And those are two totally different worlds. Yeah, very rarely those two intersect. Prince it's so, is like a random example. Yeah, it's so, it's so weird though, wouldn't yeah. you agree? A hundred percent. I mean, look, I look at it like this. Life is like an NBA jam game. Hey. You know I mean? you, everybody has their attributes. Some heads. cats got strength. Some cats yeah. got speed, but then they got less strength. You know, everybody's got, got their shit. Very rarely has somebody got all the bars full in the NBA. They got 10 out of 10. You put in the cheat code. <laughs> Very fucking rarely. You got That's prints. so true. But you know what's funny? Also, in his personal life, it seemed like he had a lot of issues as well. You know, so I think that clearly, you know, as a, as a musician, he had every, everything down. But yeah. also, he had issues just like everybody else, you know. And, so, you know. Yeah, no, it's just interesting because like, and not to take anything away from like virtuoso magnificent players who are are completely trained. Like I have the utmost respect. No, 100%. You're just saying why don't they intersect as much as they do? Yeah, it's just, it's it's so funny because you think they actually would. I'll tell you you my theory on that. One, I think it's that, you know, if you sit there and you master something, you're going to sit there and your confidence level might drop because you're thinking, oh man, I'm never going to write anything as good as Mozart or Bach. You know, and then you're like, well, I'm just going to master this. And then it's hard for you to sit there with a blank piece of paper yeah. and then come up with something because you're always going to um, try to measure up to what you played. That's such an insane pressure. though. Yeah, bro. it's an insane pressure for myself, who's always crappy at playing other people's tunes. Yeah. I, it, you know, it's like they say mother of uh, the mother invention or necessity is a mother of invention. Yeah. Um, shit. I sucked at playing other people's tunes. You know what I mean? And I had to. And but I don't even know if that's. I always just wanted to make my own tunes. That was just yeah. like what I wanted to do. You know, you I just, never. W- but like, you're you're fighting yourself, but you know that. Yeah. Like I mean, you're relentless to get what you want. Like you know what I'm saying. Like your drive is possibility. That's the, the, the that's the beautiful part about it. Yeah, I mean, you gotta. Yeah. Well, I think I think in general to 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 achieve any sort of greatness, you have to have confidence, or you have to at least pretend like you have confidence to get there. Mm. You know. That's a good point. You have yeah. to pretend sometimes. You have to pretend, and most people, that's what they do. Very yeah. few, few people have the confidence of time. They have to have some bravado, you know? I mean, yeah. and, and, and that's, you know, sometimes it's how you get ahead. Yeah, man, because um, I think there's, like, a brilliance in obviously being, like, a virtuoso player and also a brilliance in being an amazing songwriter um, and, and just, like, the power of, you know, three or four chords played the right way, hitting the right notes. Um, you as a musician, like being shitty at playing, not shitty, but not playing other people's stuff really well. Yeah. Um, did your discovery come with music or more sounds? Well, a little bit of both, because like I said, I came from two worlds. One, I would be at, you know, my mom would be playing the Kinks mm. um, and the Beatles. So I'd hear these great, amazing tunes that you sing along to. But then, you know, with my friends, we were listening to hip hop. And the soundscape was so cool because they were sampling all these crazy fucking records. Yeah. And I was like, how the fuck do you do that? Like, without sampling, you know? And it, and it, it, it inspired me and, and wanted me to be curious on both fronts, you know? So I kind of got that 
from, from both sides. So I guess it's a little bit of both. I, I needed to know how to do the music uh, to make the sounds cool. Because a lot of times, you know, not only does it, of course, the sounds are, are cool, but of course, the, you know, the notes and how they're played and, and everything is fresh as fuck, too. So, you know, from that world, you know. Yeah, man, I mean, it's a, you're a fucking freak when it comes to sounds now. Because, yeah. like, I, I bring that up only because, like, I feel the sound game has come up almost ahead of, like, the musicality yeah. of it. Like, especially in today's music. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's 12 notes, though, you know? I mean, at the end of the day, it's like how many... You can, you know, you just got to do something uh, original and put it in, a, in a, just a different perspective. But there's 12 notes, you know. I mean, uh, uh, it's yeah, not too many, you know. Unless, at least in the Western Hemisphere and shit. I mean, if you want to go on these, you know, in India and, and hey. China, China on these hoes, it's a 23 note scale or whatnot, I believe. But anyway. yeah, we want to play some Persian music. You know? <laughs> I love Persian music, local. Yeah, I love Persian. Music. When I was growing up as a kid, I used to think like, damn, this is so musical, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, all right. So, throughout college, um, in, in terms of your, your college experience, what was, the, what was your drive throughout there? Where, where was your, you know, were you just focused on being a student or were you trying to fuck with other projects outside? Like, throughout all college, I was like, I still need to be in a band. I don't really care about classes. For you, what was it? Because I didn't know you in, in college, even though we went yeah. to the same school almost kind of at different times. Yeah, different times, yeah. But, um, no, nah, like, over, overall, I didn't want to, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I wanted to be a great producer, and that was my goal. I didn't really give a shit about the other stuff, to be honest. All the classes, man, like, you know, it was good learning. Look, if you know, made me a more well-rounded student. But like, ultimately, like my goal had, I, I didn't want to be at, at school. I didn't want, you know. Well, what I'll, was the first step into being a producer? Like, you can make beats in your fucking bedroom right. or dorm room all day, but like, you know, those are just beats that you know can be a loop for three minutes. You know, what was the step of like, I need to make a record. I need to link up with a singer or a rapper, or I need to make a record, uh, something real. What was that first moment for you? Hmm, that's a good. I, I think it just would go back to to with my man Jordan, you know, because yeah. he he would just you know he he would be you know kind of rapping, and I was like we would start putting records together, but I I would be I guess vocally producing him at the at the time and kind of getting the records to sound like real songs, you know, just versus rap. Mm -hmm. We rap. We would try to get you know hooks, you know, and and um, yeah, and I would try to get you know actual full songs. So it it, it just. I don't know. I was just not content unless it sounded like a real record, I guess. Um, I didn't want it to be on some rapidy rap shit. Like I said, you know, just listening to my mom with the Kinks and Beatles, I knew what I felt like sounded like a cool hook, you know, but I also, not to say I didn't love some of those rapidy rap hooks, but yeah. I'm just saying, like, I just wanted it to be something catchy and something that, that was memorable. And uh, I wasn't cool with just some throwaway shit. In my mind, like, songs have always been just like intro, verse. Pre-chorus, chorus, verse breakdown, right. verse number two, <laughs> like you know what I mean, and like you have the big hook, um, and hip hop to me during that time was in my mind was just like loops and get a really dope MC until I, I like actually heard the roots and I was like yeah. oh that's different and like. I, and I th but I think that's what it was. Uh, I think when we were growing up, it was very, yeah. very loopish. And that's funny you bring it up. And I think for me, I, I, I didn't want it to be so loopy. But there's, you I know? mean, there is a brilliance to the loop, though. Oh, 100%. Let, let's be, 100%. Let's be. 
Hey, I love I love hearing the producers and like the the musicians talk about music right now. This is gorgeous. Get in it, douchey. No, understand that. This is gorgeous but to look, me. I was just gonna say one of my favorite beats is "Flavor in Your Ear," and that's <laughs> two notes, man. That's two notes. So, I just want to shout out one time to twenty three notes in India. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Like I learned something brand fucking ass new right Shit, now. I hope, I hope it is twenty three. Obviously, you know what I'm saying. You you no, but bullshit. like you also I'm said, like, sure like or around there. You know what I mean. But even that in and of itself, it's, it's it's incredible to me, because like you had a foundation for music and everything that you aspired to early on. Yeah. Like it's wild. You grew up in a family. Like you grew up in a household where where Ma, Ma Dukes was playing like. Records that really just stimulated your ear. Yeah. And then you were like in a city where your best friend was in, in the scene. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He was a cool cat. You were like that yeah. dude with, with the swagoo. <laughs> and like you just wanted to like really like put dope shit out. Right? But you also had this little like chip on your shoulder where you don't know if you were good enough. But you like this, this is a separation from a lot of cats that like I see now and, and, and being able to hear what your, what your view was at this time. And this is like really dope for like young cats trying to really come up and do this or even have the idea about doing this. Because faking it till you make it works as long as you're working towards making it. Right. Right. Course. As opposed to faking it till you make it and just like hope that something comes up. Right. But like you had such a gully ambition, right? You were also so curious as to the possibilities, but you were also putting it at work to the point where you were fighting yourself. That's something that I just get to appreciate your frenetic essence because like you're always searching for the best, right? Yeah, 100%. And it's crazy how your environment and, and your upbringing allowed you to really like be encapsulated by that like you're in a city where the shit's hot well yeah i actually want to get into that too now that you bring it up like how much did your upbringing affect your music because obviously music sometimes i mean it pours out from where you're from from you know it's it's the voice of what you've gone through a lot of the time right or not or sometimes it's just it's just the music and the musical idea did your actual upbringing come out in the music or the, the, the culture you're around or the scene you're around, or was it a totally separate thing? I think that my upbringing has still inspires my musical taste till today. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like, That's amazing. Like, it's honestly, lit. like, I mean, it, um, so I, I love the tasty 60s stuff. I still do. But then the drums got to bang. Yeah. I just like, you know, everything that I do is based on what I loved as a kid and I, I mm. do it now. Now, when I try new things, of course, like I'm always just trying to be curious. I think you have to be curious in order to create and to, and to, to, to grow. But yeah, like, like I'm just thinking about it now. I still like, you know, it's funny in my studio, I got a 60s amp with a 60s guitar. Mm. It's like out of necessity. Once again, I got a bass from the 70s. You know my, you know my silver tone, baby. Shout out to silver tone, baby. Silver tone 70s jump off. Hey, I mean, don't tell anyone. Nah, it's cool. It's cool. The um, secret's out. No, no, it's not, even, it's not even like that. But um, yeah, I just, I, I, I still aspire to make the records that I grew up like listening. Obviously, I want to do it in a different new way, but I still want to take that essence, you know? Um, but I also I'm, I don't get it twisted. I don't none of my shit. I don't want it to sound throwback. But I'm just saying like I want the guitar to be like tasty as fuck. I yeah. don't want it to sound like it came in line in. Like I, li I grew up listening to incredible guitar tones, and I want to aspire to do that. Yeah. You know? And so I, I, everything that I do is, is geared towards that. 
you know which is so interesting because you started off um as a hip-hop producer yeah yeah totally it's it's kind of interesting to think i mean obviously hip-hop you know obviously in the sampling there's so much 60s and 70s influence in hip-hop music right but um you know for your influence and how you grew up uh to have that like tastefulness from the 60s inspire the music that you made too um even into the 90s and 2000s um it's an interesting influence that stuck there because during that time um it wasn't really like that you didn't actually that music at the time wasn't really like that you know during the late 90s and what early 2000s mid-2000s like hip-hop and shit or yeah hip-hop wasn't so like it was like nelly and fucking juvenile yeah the early o's yeah right yeah yeah Yeah, for sure i mean well hip-hop's obviously gone on its own journey just like any other musical genre you know but uh, how'd you carve yourself into that with all the as the sound progressed I mean, honestly, it's my journey is crazy because I just kind of have gone with the flow, like, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, when I first started, yeah, I was doing the hip hop stuff. And then my first break was with a hip hop artist. And then um, people were kind of have trying to have me do records that I didn't want to do. So then I had to switch it up. I was kind of doing some more like pop and rock shit, you know, I I want to touch on this, though, because now like like low key. I want to get to the nitty gritty of of of, we're, oh, of, we're, of the Yoelian story. We're just warming up, man. I just put no. I just put a little oil on my no. hands. I warmed no, it up. Rip. I'm I'm getting the back rub now, but oh, we're going shit. down to the legs. Baby. Yeah, man. We getting the legs. Yeah, man. We getting that tush. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like it, it, it's wild for me with some somebody like at such a young age that has so much ambition and that also like was such a. Uh, uh, a perfectionist in the making right just for like just because you understand like the impact of your craft and you want to be great when you when you came out of college and like when when you st- like what was that moment where like who who was it that you first started working with where you were really finding your groove and like where you really just like started like creating shit where you're like oh this this could be really dope it's hmm. a good question um maybe I would say either this dude Tehran who's out of LA. Shout out to Tehran. What what's up, Tehran? It's been a long time. What up, um, Or I would say maybe Asher. Maybe like a year or two later, we really kind of kind of vibed out. Um, really? Well, when I first met you, you were working in this bungalow studio. Yeah. Word. And <laughs> what's a bu- well, what's a bungalow studio? Because like when I think bungalow, I'm like literally laying in a hammock right now. No, no, no. It was like... This. It, was a ten by, it was a 10 by 10 room we called the shack in the back. Is what it, was. it was a shack. Was. Actually, the- we, we built a, a 6 by 10 little accompaniment addition. <laughs> so it was, more, it was like a 10 by 10 little shack in the back. Plus, we had a little Yada Damine on the side. Hey, that was like random shout out fun. to the Yada Damine. Actually, Dameen. that's not... Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm going to get into it. So I first... <laughs> so at the time, I was, um, I was making... I, I was jamming with Evan, the drummer... Evan Work. the drummer, Evan Turner the drummer. Evan the drummer. Um, shout out to Evan, uh, Evan, and then and Noah Noah King as the rapper. So we're jamming, and we had we were doing some music at the time, um, some like hip hop weird shit, live stuff, whatever. And when we first met you, Tunji, Young Tunji, aka. Young Yunge, aka Lord Lord Tunge, Lord Tunge. We're just Tunge. shouting every today. Yeah. Young Yunge, hey, young, young Yunge, bro, What's aka up, ears, aka Tunge. I'll eat you like lunch meat. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
brought you in for like a little jam session we were doing. Right, I do remember in this in the stew actually in the OG stew. Was but, it the, no, wait, no? wait, wait. No, it was this place in Culver City. But wait, anyway, wait. Before. Oh, it was. I thought it was yeah. an OG stew. No, you're right. It wasn't Culver City. Mm. Before y'all met. Wait, when did y'all meet? Was this? Was this? You were with doing stuff with Tehran and Ash, and then y'all met. No, after. no, no, no I not Ash. Ash. I don't not, think it was not Ash. Ash. Yeah, he, no, he I was, was still just kind of hanging out with the LA cats. I wasn't word. even doing it like for real, for real at that time. What? Yeah, and. Tunji brings Orin in for um, a jam session. And I don't even, I mean, we didn't have any, like, idea of, like, forming a band or anything at that moment. We were just kind of, like, looking to jam with different people. Um, and, you know, Tunji was like, yo, this dude, Orin, is great. He's a great keyboard player. He would vibe well. He's a dope dude. He came in. We jammed. Immediately, I was like, this dude's legit. We had actually played with other uh, musicians prior, like guitar players, other yeah. keyboard players, like some horn players. Yeah. <laughs> and I never felt that people were um, up to par. And what's crazy is that, like, I sucked. I feel you. <laughs> you snob, <laughs> like, bro. Like, I thought I was good. <laughs> I thought I was good. I sucked. I sucked. <laughs> we, were st- we, we were terrible. I love it, though. And... <laughs> And Orin came in, and I was like, oh, shit. That dude knows what he's doing. <laughs> I've been had. <laughs> <laughs> but he, uh, he came and jammed with us, and um, I just loved his vibe. Like, I, I, immediately, it was great. And after that, we're like, yo, you know, we exchanged um, information. Information. We, uh, he gave me his insurance number. and then uh, <laughs> My pager number. Is shit. No, yeah. <laughs> and... Um, after that, we just started uh, jamming more and more, and we started talking about uh, doing a band. It kind of, I can't even remember if it organically grew or if we like made the hard line decision. I don't know. Do you what remember? Was it? Uh, yeah, he knows. Because you at the time, man. He low-key knows exactly what happened. You know what no, no, I really no, don't. I, I really don't remember. Because you were like at the time you were working as a producer, and that's when like before we were even like officially a band. I had gone and uh, met up with you at your studio. Um, Shit, I think I remember. I think, I think I was starting to maybe make tunes with Noah. Maybe I don't fucking remember. Did you? Maybe I think you were- yeah, I think Tenji wanted to connect to me. You know, he, he, basically Noah needed some like that's right records and 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 um, because people really liked his live shows, but they were saying that just like on on record there wasn't signing rights, so he yeah. he would come over and and we tried a few things. I think I don't know if that was the first inception, but it might have well it might have been cuz that's when I I went to the shack in the back oh, and okay. that's when I met up with you and you actually played me um some stuff that you were doing with Tehran. Uh and we know Tehran loves his little sprinkles on the keys. Oh fuck, yeah, he loves <laughs> the nighttime shit for sure. <laughs> he loves that. And uh, you had done the Boondock stuff. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um and that was the first time I was like, okay. And I listened to your stuff, and you made me actually a CD of your shit. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you that's know, hilarious. Did I? Yeah. I wish I still I probably still have it somewhere. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, you made me a CD, and you're like, yo, um, uh, learn some bass to this, and let's try to do it live. Oh, cool. Yeah. And, and I, so I went home, and I actually played, like, learned some bass lines to it. Oh, and we tried some of those ideas live and had Noah um, start to, like, Rappity rap, yappity yaps type yeah, stuff. Fuck, we sucked, man. We sucked. Anyway, but the, anyway, that was like the first. It's the seeds of New Kingdom, bro. Yeah, oh, it was yeah. the seed, the seeds of New Kingdom. But yeah, we continued to jam, man. And um, uh, 
It was a uh, man. I wish I had such a better memory on this because that that early part is a kind of a blur. Um, but what was your take? I mean, I can't. Can I, no, can I ask something though? Like, you might need to hit us up on this news as an no, outsider. I will. But like, I came in later here, right? But like, what I want to know is for somebody that has such a distinct like taste and like you you knew your preferences like from the get go, right? You wanted possibilities and you knew you were gonna get there. What did you see in, in this group of fucking swag <laughs> wally? Uh, you know what I'm saying? What did you see in this group of fucking like uh, hood rats, right? right? That you were like, you know what? Like, we got something here. Because knowing you, like, look, it, although it's tailored now, but knowing you, like, you don't get yourself involved with something that you, you don't think has any potential, right? Just for you. Right. As a creator, I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually curious to that question too, man. That's but like, what was it about these like fucking like hoodlums that you were like, you know what? Like, we may have the possibility of something here. Well, I think it was two things. One, even though uh, I came in and it was, you know, man, the music was messy as fuck. I mean, you know bro, I mean? bro, it was like, but, but, yeah, but, it was but no, 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 but it's cool. Isn't that how everyone starts though? Here's 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 what I saw. I saw um, the lead singer was incredibly passionate on stage and he kind of was a star on there and he had a look and he was cool i saw in the bass player was was joe and there was a, a drummer um evan and uh, i thought they were they were and a, a really super energetic live yeah you know and i was like yo these cats like they have energy and and i i felt that with that energy combined with I Noah being kind of a star-like dude, yeah. I felt like I can if we can just get the records in the right place, it it could it could maybe have some legs, you know, at the time. Yeah. And what's interesting about that? I mean, it, it's so it's so true because we just played like one, two, three, go, hundred percent, like one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rock out. It was rock out, like hitting terrible notes. Like no, we had no, bro. I'm telling you, it wasn't even in our like brain of thinking about being correct time being on key like there was no discipline at all like it didn't exist it was just like yeah, let's 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 wild. go and create the essence but i think there was a big charm in that essence too because i think there was i always yeah. felt there was like yeah. some it factor that you can't get from even though it was messy we couldn't really write great songs or good songs or mediocre songs yeah but no i'm i'm fucking around but i think the fact that we all had this like very special element and then Orn came in and it was like the songwriter had entered the room yeah someone who could guide this someone who could take this like complete jigsaw puzzle yeah and start putting pieces together and straight merlin like came into the spot like he's like let's it, go it was, yeah it was tough but, no, it, no, it was, but, but even at the time like you know we were still trying to define a sound um and we would have all these talks and just start writing songs. But I think because Oren was not just a musician, but a producer, I think that you were able to see it in a way none of us ever could. Well, oh, thanks, man. No, I appreciate it. I mean, I, yeah, I, I think you're right. There was, like a, there was an it factor that I, I, I saw in you guys, for sure. Um, I just thought that, yeah, it was, it was electric. You know, you guys were headbanging and shit, but like in, in, a, in a cool way. And also I connected with you guys, too, because, yo, I like when shit's like, you know when it's dangerous yeah you know what i mean i mean the funny thing is a lot of the stuff i've done hasn't even been that dangerous you know but i fuck with like i just like when things are 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 you know a little bit edgy and right. and i and i and yeah and i saw that so and it, and it had those elements and um 
but we started making records. And then, you know, from your perspective as a producer, did you ever feel, I don't even think like, I really, really got in it with you like about this stuff, but did you feel that you actually wanted to be in a band? Because going from being a producer, like I knew, dude, I've been in a band since I was fucking 15. Like right. I am a band, I'm a bass player in a band, that's me. Right. Did you ever want to be in a band before that? So, I mean, before you guys, I was still playing, like, gigs for people. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, since, you know, I, I, I didn't, like, around, like, 17, eight, or 18, I started, like, kind of playing gigs for different people. But this know, is but more for you to be an artist. Now. Right. And I guess, I, guess, I guess to answer your question, I think for me, I wanted a motherfucking vehicle for uh, my shit. I feel right? That's always what it's always been about. Like, I, I need a vehicle, you. man. Like, even now, like, I'm just, you need a vehicle yeah. to, 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 to get it out there. And... um and I saw it as a cool vehicle to to do something cool, which is is really where I base all my decisions from. Straight you up, know? because I I, I want to make sure that like, you know, yeah, it could be dope. But you never did you you never felt like an artist, like you wanted to be an artist. Um, no, I guess yeah, not. Nah. How is this want to be a, a record producer? I think, like I said, just yeah. anything. I feel like he's like the the composer. You know what I'm saying? Like the conductor, just like. Well, because but he's—I ask this because he's dealing with three dudes who want to be fucking artists. Yeah, you know, and it was almost like that's what created the fucking. But then, but then the guy that came into the picture was the one that was like, okay, like if you change this or like if you worked on that or no, like if you that. understood this. No, that's why I'm like, just, uh, could it could become that like you know what I'm saying drop top caddy that that's like rolling down the streets and just slapping asses on site. Well, it's an interesting thing, man, because yeah. when you take someone who's a producer who. I mean, in, in being in a band, like, the band dudes want to all be band dudes. They all want to be stars. They want to be, like, you know, up in the center and, and be an artist. There's a, I feel like that factor exists. So yeah. that's why I ask because right. you come from being a producer, someone who wants to write great songs, make great records, more importantly. Um, that's always what's what I wanted to do. I know. Yeah. I, I w- no, that, that's why it's so interesting. Like, that, it's no, that's crazy. why it's interesting, I, man. I know. You know, I guess I, guess I just had that bug just from like an early yeah. age. I was just wanted to be the guy making the records, making those decisions, those sonic decisions, those, those, those song decisions, and making the greatest possible music. And, 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 and that's really always what I wanted to do. I think that, um, yeah, in terms of being an artist and being on camera, nah, that's never been my shit. Yeah. You know? It just never has been. But, um, I think that yeah, I mean there are producers that obviously are DJs and artists and, and that want that want that. I think also in 2016 to be a record producer you have to be an artist now anyway. Yeah. So you know that's that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll get there. Oh, we'll yeah, get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. Hey, hey. Let me ask you. So like, Asher Roth came along, right? So Asher, uh, I don't mean to cut you off here, but I have to pre do a little pre. Uh, hey, give me the preamble, bro. Preamble this. Don't pre-ejaculate on these houses. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to us. <laughs> so, new, we formed New Kingdom. Okay. Um, and that, really, the name came from, we had a show booked and we literally did not have a name. We, we booked this show, I believe it was at the El Rey. And we got, um, they needed, we didn't have a band name, they needed tickets printed. Uh-huh. And they're like, what's your band name? And we're all just <laughs> sitting there and we're like, we have no clue what the name should be. And I don't know where, I, I, I still can't even remember. It's kind of hazy. Yeah. Uh, but we came up with New Kingdom. And just to know that it's like a band from, not even a band, like a two 
dude hip hop group yeah. from like the early '90s who are actually pretty amazing um, but underground, but have a really yeah. strong following. We had no clue because yeah. they were so underground. Um, but shout out to New Kingdom, the rap group. But that's how we kind of formed our name, and um, we had to uh, just just for that that one show. And then we're like, oh, we'll change it later. Yeah. No, never changed. Yeah. And by by the way, New Kingdom, terrible name. Oh my God. <laughs> the worst fucking name of all time. Like, and we and, thought we, were, I, I we, shot, we thought we finally figured out too. Didn't we? <laughs> we're like, we're like, we're like, we tried to figure that shit out for a good month. We're like, yo, we got this shit. Yeah. And it, you know, but hey, we it was a learning experience, honestly, and it was actually a really great learning experience for me. Right? Yeah, no, it, it was great. But we we actually kind of formed the band. We started playing shows. Got it. And we um. We were just, um, you know, kind of lit from the start, man. Uh, luckily, we all grew up in L.A. and knew a lot of people yeah. to get them out to the shows. Because <laughs> it would be like a sea of people, all of them are friends. But right. it would look really nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but honestly, we actually, one show led to another, led to another. And we actually started building that following and um, had, a, had pretty strong shows for a while. That was like our, our bread and butter um, and we started rocking and kind of getting known for rocking those those real live shows. Had to get Yoski, uh, had to get him standing up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> at, what, what, at, at first, uh, yeah. at first what, what, he was sitting down. He's like, you, you, you got to stand up, bro. Well, what? I just didn't want to be like that, man. I was rocking out with the cock out. And I was sitting there like, hey, I'm sitting down on the fucking keys, dude. <laughs> so, yeah, I, st- I stood up. You know what I mean? It was, you know. But it was, it was so interesting because it was a rock band a very very aggressive rock yeah. band what do you i don't know rock is like i feel rock, rock is such the wrong time were, were y'all we're were alternative dude yeah alternate like this alternative band that was very aggressive very live and had no guitar and a lot of that attributed to orange keys going through crazy not even crazy but just going through amps and doing different things and having cool sounds i want to ask this were, were y'all thugging it out as new kingdom before asleep in the bread Isle? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. for a good like at least a year, I feel. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I think so. Uh, even maybe even more. I mean, it, we yeah, were, about a year, about a year and a year and a half. So I, yeah, I think. we we were rocking because I remember, I remember talking to you on G Chat one day, and and you're like, shout uh, out to G Chat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> shout, out, <laughs> shout out to G Chat. We're just ch- shouting out everybody today, now. and um. You're like, yo, I, I'm going to start working with this rapper. And you sent me his MySpace. Oh, my God. And you're like, this dude, Asheroth. Oh, fuck. And, <laughs> and, and, and you sent me to his MySpace, and he had I Love College out. Did he? It, but it was, it was it already was, it was out? The, it was the Weezer version. What? I don't think it was. No. no. I, he, oh, no, 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 no. no, no, this no. Is be, Sorry. This I'm, is I'm way misspoke. before all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, had, he, had, he had some songs, though, up on his MySpace. How'd y'all even meet? Um, well, we met because I had a friend, and he oh, wanted to give story. my tracks to his friend in Atlanta. And I really didn't want him to do it. Uh, for some reason, I just felt weird about it. I was like, why would you just send him my tracks? Because he was a record producer, or I mean, whatever, quote, unquote, record producer. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I sent like 10 or 15 tracks. Never heard anything back. I get a call. Uh, maybe six months later, and and this is Atlanta number. I didn't pick it up, and I just get a text that says, "Call me." Shut the fuck <laughs> like up. I didn't even know who the fuck it was. All yeah. of a sudden, and it just says, "Call me." I was like, "Who the?" Fuck? 
<laughs> like I'm like on the shitter, you know what I mean? Checking my phone, I'm like, who the fuck, who the fuck is this? Um, and it turned out to be this dude named, named Scooter. And uh, yeah, he was just like, um, so let me tell you a story. Um, I got some tracks from a guy and I had a gentleman who was, who was rapping on him. And then I wanted to mix the records and I asked him for the files. And he was like, no, 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 I don't, I don't got the files uh, yet. And then I asked him again. He's like, oh, it's my producer in L.A. And then finally I had to fess up that it wasn't his shit. Mm. Oh. And that was Asher. And then he called me. He was like, yo, I finally got your number. Um, let's stay in touch. Six months later, I hear from Wild. Because like, uh, to be honest, wait, wait. like the call, wait, so was so weird. On, on. the call was so random. By the way, of course, I didn't know who even Asher was. And yeah. then when he sent him to me. I didn't fuck with it, dude. I didn't fuck wow. with it. Wait, wait. And let's talk about this. He was ra- some dude claimed orange tracks. Yeah. Wild. And that happens very often. I mean, I don't know about. I I don't know. I mean, definitely at the time. I, I don't know. I'm sure it still happens all the time. People obviously do that shit. But yeah, it was. It was. It, the, oddly enough, that's what first got me in the music business for real. I love that. That's so wild. isn't that, isn't that isn't that wild? I mean, uh, turning a negative into a positive, but um, straight up. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, the shit, the shit was crazy. Of course, I was like super pissed. You know what I mean? I'm like, what yeah. the fuck? He's trying to pass off his shit as my motherfucker, man. What the fuck? <laughs> the um, dude you gave the tracks to. Yeah, no, I called his phone. I was like, what the fuck, man? No, it was bullshit. Because I, I, I think I had his number. Well, first, I even hit my friend. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, see, I told you, man, I don't want to give that motherfucker my shit. <laughs> you were like, nah, give it to him, see? Then and then I'm getting this fucking call. But see, honestly, he couldn't put it out for real. And the thing is, is that I, I think Scooter just signed Asher to Steve Rifkin and it was for real for real. They couldn't put out the records without there being like it, it wasn't a mix. They, yeah. they wanted they wanted you know, they wanted to talk to the real producer, get it mixed yeah. right and, and get, get get the right okays. So so that's how you first met Asher. Wait, so, yeah, so well, no, I didn't even meet him like that. First, I was just talking with, with Scooter on the phone. We we didn't even connect. He sent me like a few records. I I was like, this shit is trash. Really? <laughs> I was like, this shit <laughs> <laughs> Like, like just on some real shit. But but the thing is, is that see, for me, I I know sometimes I'm fucking wrong. So I hit up my boy Tanji. I sent it Wild. to him. Then I hit up my boy. Young Jordy J, Jordan. Wow. And both of them hit me back and was like, yo, he's actually kind of dope, though. <laughs> and I was like, really, man? You think he's hot? Yo, it's crazy because both those dudes bro, you said, have such you, incredible ears. Yeah, bro. no, See, they do. I still hit the... I mean, they both are amazing. They have the great... You yeah, know. you said to, to me, and I thought he was dope, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Like, that, so was, that was over the G-chat, because you sent me a shit. Go. I was like, yeah, this, this dude's pretty dope. Yeah, I mean, so... And then I, I kind of... Um, it was like a little bit of a lull, and I, you know, I think I don't remember if they reached back out or I reached back out, but I sent over actually some real for tracks for real. Now as we were communicating directly, and he he, he made a couple songs with it. it shit was alright. I wasn't really. I was like, it's alright again. Then, and then yeah, and then, Sco- <laughs> and then Scooter called me and wanted to like do a deal, whatever this and that. Um, but I didn't think the songs were there to be uh, totally honest. Really. And um, what was that like for you, though? Like, because like you're in the game, like you're, you're finding your grounding, right? And then you get this like call me text from a number that like you don't know what the fuck's going on, right? You know what I'm saying? It's a dude named Scooter, right? Yeah. Turns, first off, a dude named Scooter, another right? Should I'm like, yo, who the fuck is this guy? Straight up, it turns out he becomes what he becomes. But like, right, right, of course, dude texts you, call me. You you call him back. It's like straight up, like out of a movie. Right. Yeah. Well, I wasn't even to call back. Actually, to be honest, when he texted me, called me, I still didn't 
fucking call. He did it again. <laughs> he did it again. I was like, this dude's for real. Who is this? I was like, this is not a telemarketer. Like, this is like, what is this? You know what I mean? Especially 404. I was like, what the? I, yo, I was like, what is 404? Air code. What the fuck? Horn's waiting. To, he's like, he like calls. He's just waiting for the hello. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but um, but 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 back to what you were saying though. Like, it was actually really crazy because yeah, he he sent me the records. I thought they were just okay. Yeah. And actually, at the time, I think he said something to me like, "Oh, you know, come to Atlanta, or whatever." Uh, Asher, you know, he's he's staying with me in my condo, or whatever. I was like. And I just broke up with this girl. Me and this girl broke up. And I was all oh, down and out, dude. Oh, I was shit. like, oh, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was just like, fuck. And um, it, it seemed hella sketchy. I didn't know these motherfuckers. And yeah. they were like, yo, come to Atlanta. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck. You know? But actually, the funny thing is when I was, what made like, you when I was younger, I actually, I actually done something similar before. I actually worked in Detroit. Well, my one of the first times I ever worked, I totally forgot about this shit. Yeah, really. Dude was in the, he was one of the rappers in the, eight, or he was in the movie Eight Mile, back in the day. And I, I went over there. I was 19 years old. I went to Detroit. I was wearing a funny ass Kango and shit. <laughs> that shit was fucking crazy. But anyway, that's a whole other story. Um, but, uh, but but yeah, so I, you know, he's like, "Well, come to Atlanta." So I come to Atlanta, um, and uh, you know, what the fuck is going through your head? What's well, going through thing, your head? First thing I knew, I had to pop on Outkast, AT Aliens, because like right when we played, I was like my favorite group. I'm yeah. like here. Yeah, first off, I was always intrigued by Atlanta because Outkast is my favorite group of all time. Right. You know? So I was like, I mean, definitely hip hop group, you know. Yeah. But probably actually, yeah, probably my favorite group. So, um, I was just kind of interested to see the scene out there. I'd never been out there, and it was an opportunity. And, yeah. And so I was like, fuck it, like I'll do it. You know what I mean? Plus, How old was this you? girl? You know, I was like, oh, like, eh, I was crying and shit. I was like, fuck <laughs> it, man. You know what I mean? Let me go out there and, and, and try something, um, try something different. You know? Right. How, like, how was that for you? It was a weird experience at the time. Really? Know? But but it turned out for the best, yeah. Asher and I actually really, really, really got along, and we were just, like, kind of, like, jokesters together. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, we actually didn't even make any music. It was actually crazy. We never did. We didn't even make any music. We just kind of hung the whole time, got to know each other. Word. And I understood kind of his story and where he was coming from. I remember we went to, to Scooter, had like a club or something that he, he, um, that he co-owned. And uh, I'll never forget, you know, for me, if I thought a rap was dope, he had to at least be better than me at freestyling, right? You know what I mean? You had to at least beat me in a rap battle. Jesus. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> in, 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 hey, in a rare opportunity... You'll hear the Yoski rap. No, I fuck, fuck yeah, no, ne- yeah, never, never again. Never. But, but, but at any rate, but I never want to do it. But I would just, you know, it'd be fun. You know, we hang out in the car. At any rate, um, and the track comes on, and Ash was like rapping to me, and I was like, "Damn, this kid's good." Really? I was like, "Yo!" And then I realized, like, you know, um, we just needed to be in the room together. And I guess, like the, the old saying, we needed to produce. I needed to produce him and, and get it, you know, because he's just sitting there by himself with his like knucklehead friends. You know what I mean? They're like, yeah, yeah. that's cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like, you know, I was that checks and balance. I, I feel like as a producer, you have to kind of be the checks and balances in the room. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I wanted to, I was like, damn, he's dope, but the songs is whack. So there's something missing. I Word. And I wanted to figure that out. And uh, I remember he got tracks sent to him and they were, you know, they were actually getting some pretty large producers' tracks, but nothing was connecting, and they needed a sound. Yeah. So, <coughs> at any rate, Atlanta was, you know, it was cool, but then I, I go back a few months later, like, yeah, you know, nothing's connecting. Like, you know, what if we send him out there? 
And I'm like, yeah, send them out there. I'll stay with me. We'll record at my house. And, you know, um, we recorded in my closet. You know what I mean? We had the weird ass, like, carpet up. You know, really? like, to, like, like, we literally put carpet up, me and my brother, like, for a little makeshift booth in this closet. Actually sounded pretty, pretty soundproof. And, and we recorded everything, and it had a sound. And then they started trusting me, and we started working in a real studio and getting a real budget. You know? What was the first song? Was one of the songs you made at that uh, time actually one of the album songs? Or was it just like... Yeah, the, <laughs> the first song we made. So Asher comes out, and, you know, Asher and was... Want, sleeping on your couch. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, sleeping on the couch. You know, Asher was from the East Coast, of course. Like, the idea of, like, a weed store and shit was, like... You know what I mean? Like incredible. So I, he definitely wanted to go to the weed store. Like I, like when he landed and shit. I had a friend who worked the weed store. I didn't have like a car or anything. So I was like, all right, let me take this motherfucker to the weed store. Yeah. And um, the first thing I said when I when I picked him up from the airport and we're, we're, we're driving to the weed store, uh, I was just like, yo, what do you want to make a song about? And he goes, man, I want to like write a song about like cruising, man, like cruising with a blunt. Oh. You know what I mean? And I'm like. Okay. Stop it. <laughs> like, okay. Bro, I never knew that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was like, okay, okay. And so we go to the weed store, and it was the, my friend Nikki, she, you know, and uh, she, you know, hooked us up, blah, blah, blah. We go back, and um, Asher got super fucking stoned, dude. <laughs> <laughs> super stoned. It's like 3, it's like 3 p.m. and shit. You know what I mean? He had a, like an early afternoon arrival yeah. or whatever. And uh, so, you know, we go get the herbs whatever and then uh, we go back to my place you know getting super stoned and 6 p.m he takes a nap <laughs> and i'm like oh, okay cool 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 so i go to my room and shit i i didn't have a legit studio like at the time i was just and and i was just on the npc and i kind of i like knew what i i was just like going through some stuff and i was thinking like what would be a cool kind of fun idea for this you know so right. i kind of made the track and uh like in the track, whatever, it like kind of does double time, whatever. Anyway, so I'm waiting for this fool to get up. Right? Yeah. Were you hype as fuck? Like, I was hype. I was, hyped. I, was like, yeah. I, I was like, I think we got some. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, yeah. like the slapper, though. I was like, I was like, hey, you know, maybe we got something. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's cool. Uh, but it was just me and him, whatever, and, and this fool's asleep. So, so I'm just like making my track in my room and shit. I was like being kind of quiet. I wasn't even banging. What time it, you did know that mean? asshole wake up at, bro? The next fucking day at like nine or eight, ten a.m., dude. I mean, he got like on some real shit. Like, so I'm like sitting there late. I'm like, yo, this motherfucker's not waking up. So anyway, he, I wake this fool up. Yeah, and um, I played it, and we just were like just dancing in the room and shit. And that was the first song that we recorded for real, for real. And it was wow. that was that was, and then that actually, yeah, I think like four records that we did in you know my closet um, made the record on a really whack ass mic. Um. Yeah, Blunt Cruising is my it's favorite first, track yeah. on the album. By the way, oh, it's such like, a gully record, bro. Oh, I mean, well, you you know the shit I like. No, for sure. <laughs> a, 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 a interesting tidbit about that one. By that point, I already kind of stopped like really sampling. I wanted I wanted yeah. to make things sound like there were a sample. Yeah. But that was just such a fly sample. It was like some Turkish, like psychedelic, like guitar shit. And. um I was just like, man, this is this this has got to be flipped, you know. And uh, it was actually funny because there's a really incredible part that most people you would have totally flipped that part over the part that I flipped. But I just really? I don't know. I just like felt it. But but anyway, long story short, I of course you know that when they were going to put out the album, 
Um, they asked me if it was a sample. Of course, I, I wasn't going to bullshit. I was like, yeah, it's like a sample. This shit took months to find this fool. This shit, first off, this this album only sold like 200 copies in America or maybe uh, in the world. It's like very, very like, but it took forever to find this fool. They literally had to like track down a lot of people and it was a whole wild ass story to get this wow. shit clear. Anyway, little tidbit about that yeah. one. That, that dude is like, Shout out to Sampling. No. <laughs> <laughs> that dude is like yeah, the luckiest guy ever. He's like, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. mama. Well, no, because <laughs> no, literally if they put it out, like, would he have known? No. There's no way. No because way. It, it, it wasn't going to be a single. And uh, he probably wouldn't have known. But, like, I mean, honestly, man, I mean, I'm not a bitch. No, but you know what I mean? He, no, yeah, no, straight no, up, like, the I mean, this guy though. made something incredible. And I hope I put, a, like, a spin on what he did, yeah. you know? And, um. Yeah, no, nah, I wouldn't fuck with that. And he definitely deserved deserve credit. I actually Absolutely. still bump his shit. He's fucking incredible. Really? Yeah, he's amazing. But anyway. That's wild, it, bro. And during that time, so like, Orn is, is working with Asher. Yeah. And there's still, you know, New Kingdom is New Kingdom. And when we first met Asher, like, it was, um, honestly, we had no clue what was going to happen. I mean, at the time, it just it didn't feel like this thing was going to be uh, like a big official crazy thing. Yeah. It just felt like, honestly, it felt like Orn was working with an underground rapper. I mean, at the time, you were doing beats for a lot of different rappers, too, I think. Right. It was just and like, yeah. It was just like, this was just another one in his arsenal who just, he just happened to be spending more time with as of recent. Yeah. But it was, nothing was really, at. The, I just remember, it wasn't really on the radar. And, you know, we, we still were doing, like, obviously playing shows and New Kingdom was making, we were in the process of making our first like EP. Um, and it was all during that time. Then Asher's stuff starts to become real. And even I Love College, I Love College was out there with the Weezer version. And then um, it was remade. Yeah. But that, even before that song kind of took off, it was, there wasn't really much there. Like it, Asher wasn't like out in front of people. Well, he put out a he put out a mixtape. The first thing he ever put out was oh a, yeah, was, yeah. It was not out of college. It was a mixtape called the Greenhouse Effect. Yeah, the Greenhouse Effect. And I think the first video. That's actually I knew that shit was real. I was actually out of the country, and I was super fucking excited because um, he was dropping something uh, on this mixtape, and I had I something forgot on about there. That. Um, and literally, by the way, the song was called "Girls Rub on Your Titties." By the way. <laughs> This is some old school shit, which is super <laughs> random. <laughs> but, uh, but at any rate, that, that wasn't the song that they had, but they, had, they, they shot a video. And um, it was like Don Cannon, GD Drama were like hosting it or whatever. But the, song, the, the video and song amassed like a million or two in like a day or two. The first yeah. fucking thing he put out. So I was like literally like out of the country being like, oh shit, this Whoa. is for real. This is I for real. This kid's that. like... And like awesome, you yeah. Know? I'm like okay. <laughs> I'm like all right. And you know what I mean? and what's interesting is like um, when they were working on Sleep on the Bread Isle, which had multiple different title names yeah. that you guys were messing with. Um, it was you didn't really know until pretty much the record was done. And correct me if I'm wrong, that you were going to be like that partnership that you guys created for that album. I mean, in the hip hop world, you there's multiple different tracks, especially with um all the different producers that were were trying to get on but like it actually i feel i felt like what you had in the beginning and it tried to go through the normal route of like get a bunch of different hot producers on there but then it just ended with the birth of a new artist and the birth of a new producer i want to ask you something about that though like 
Because when you started with Asher, I'm get, not on the mic. Get on the Forgive mic. Me. Hashtag no, but, Nushi, no, get on the damn mic. When you started with Asher, you, you always said that like there was something about it you just didn't fuck with, like right. But like you, but then you knew that he because the records went right. Yeah. Well, right. well, I only knew it because when it was just me and him hanging, and I saw right. the raw talent. I oh, didn't see it initially on the records. No. Okay. So the one that came out that popped off, right? Before it popped off, were you just like, oh, this shit's going to fucking like, this shit's going to slap you. Like, y'all don't I know don't what's know, coming. I, you know, uh, or or, 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 what, know, or was it like, all right, well, let's see what this does. Like, this, this is cool. Did you, like, as well, a, I Love College I, was getting some uh, noise. But on some real shit, though, no, but it was, it was before that. Because, see, that's what I'm saying. They needed a sound for the record. So yeah. I came mm. in right at the They didn't have shit. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, so right. they had some Lucy's that were like cool, but there was no sound and direction, and that's when I that's why they sent him out initially to L.A. Yeah, um, Scooter sent him out to L.A. because yeah, they yeah. were like, well, you think you can create a sound from? I was like, yeah. yeah, bring his ass out here, and we'll do it because I knew it was some sort of opportunity. I didn't know what it was, but I knew it was something. <laughs> like the, the, the beauty of this uh, of this scenario is that like it was just so young in both of y'all's progression, right? So when y'all made that record. Knowing that you've heard some stuff that that you didn't really have, you didn't really fuck with. Also, knowing that he had hella potential. When y'all made that, were you like, "Oh, this shit's a banger," or were you like, "Oh, this is cool"? No, I, I, I at liked that it. moment, I because liked, I liked it, bro. Word. Because here's the thing with me, right? I gotta. It's you know, when I get in the studio with somebody, you, you know, even back then or whatever, like, man, I gotta fuck with it too, right? right? Like, I mean, maybe I'm, like, a little bit selfish. I don't yeah. know. Like, obviously, I got to come to the artist, and I always do. Yeah. But at the same token, I got to fuck with it, too, right? You know what I mean? I mean, sure like, that. if I'm not, I could be, like, just selling stocks, real estate, finance, whatever. Like, I got to love that shit. So I when I came you. in the studio with him for the first time, my goal is for me to love that shit. Yeah. And and I walked away, and I was smiling when we made Bunkers. And I was like, this Word. is fun. You know what I mean? I fuck with it. Word. Like, you know, because... Um, yeah, I, I, it's hard for me to be a fan of my own shit. I'm so critical, you know. So um, the fact that I even walked away with a smile and I wasn't, you know, I at least let it be what it was. I was, I was happy, you know, at least at, at the time. Yeah. And that's my goal. I, I just want to make something that I love, you know, hopefully, you know. Yeah. Now, I want to talk about like this stuff went to level 10 very, very quickly. It's, it felt like. It felt like it was like growing, 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 and then all of a sudden, you know, boom, skyrocket. Right. Like I, I remember that time very clearly, and I think that's why like I keep bringing it up. I love college because like to me it was such like I don't remember how um, I remember the when we all did the video and um, that whole. But like I love college kind of took off, man, and when that took off. That's when I just as like a spectator in this small little circle was like, oh, this shit is very real. Like yeah. things started happening. Like all of a sudden, Rolling Stone has an interview with you. All of a sudden, there's UMPG. All of a sudden, there's doing big shows. All of a sudden, Asher's doing tours. Like all this thing just popped off one, two, three, really, really fast, I felt. It was. There was no, there was, there was no lead up. There was, no. There was one mixtape and that... And that I think, um, yeah, that's what it was. It was one mixtape, and then and then they dropped that that song, and then they dropped the album. You know. Yeah, and and you had what like nine cuts on the album? Yeah, I had like nine out of the twelve or whatever. Yeah, which was incredible because for you as a producer, 
it felt like, I mean, it's kind of corny, but it felt like your quote unquote big break or your moment as boom. Now, you know, you've gone from on your L, you know, playing in this band, hip hop producer, dude to now you're front and center. You're not, you are the sound of a very, of, of an entire album that um, is buzzing. And Asher was very much in front in, in the in the in the front line. Um, that was a very crazy time, man. Talk about that, like kind of just that shift. You know, you, you know, every time I get a win, um, all I try to do, man, is I, I don't know. I just try to keep it pushing, I guess. So that was my first like win. I was like, oh, shit. Awesome. You know, and all I did, though, was I didn't want to like let that shit go. I wanted to just keep keep get to the next level you know and 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 that's at the time i didn't really enjoy it because i wanted to get to the next level you know um i just what do you mean by that well i'm just saying you know if joe's saying you know how 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 did i feel in this situation i was just like all right cool like what's next you know what i mean let's move on to the next like what am i going to do next what's going to be the next move and chapter but there was a huge change from my perspective because i mean Watching you, like, I mean, dude, we hung out every fucking day. Right. You know? So, watching you go from, like, zero to 60, like, all of a sudden, you were getting called to work with other artists. All of a sudden, you were, like, um, you were actually, like, defined, I felt, for the very first time as a professional producer. Absolutely. And yeah. there was a lot and, of And, I mean, like, you, like, you had a manager you had a publishing deal right. like you were on a major record that's a, such a, a a moment a pivotal moment for your career and it's it's hard for me you know because we were in it so yeah. but yeah i remember even being in it seeing the change because even the benefits new kingdom had when we right. play with Asher and all of, all of a sudden the publicity we had and even the feature that we got on Lion's Roar on the right. actual record and what it did for that. So yeah. we and felt a lot of studio stuff. And yeah, right, absolutely. It, we, so we I felt it from that standpoint. But in your position, someone who's been an aspiring producer, this was like, oh, shit, I'm 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 professional. Like, what? Well, it's it just like, what was that feeling like in um what was your mind, you know, state of mind at the time um, to take to to try to take that to the next level? Um, well, I definitely I don't know. I was just trying to just trying to get on everything I can and, and basically um, just take that win and, and try to make other wins. You yeah. Know? And I wish I could say that I was like, oh, you know, I sat there with a bottle of champagne like, mama, we made it. <laughs> but like that shit didn't happen. You know, Word. I was sitting there. I was like, all right, <laughs> let's. <laughs> You know, I got yeah. I got something turning like let's turn this into, you know, one into two eggs. You now, know? what's I, actually what's actually interesting about that. I, one thing that that changed and I'm glad you, you say that, like turn turn this into one egg into two eggs, because. The I felt like the v- vibe changed even in the band of like we got to write real records now. We got to write real songs now. We got to take it up a notch now because we still I felt like we still weren't at that level as a band. Absolutely. But you had now gone to that level. And so the bar went from like, yo, we're New Kingdom. L.A., we rock. The Roxy will kill it. 
but now it's like the bar was raised and it was like, and we had to, to try to get there and you balancing being in a band and this huge leap in your producer career, you had to kind of do a little dance there. And I felt that I felt it in, in the band of like, yo, we, we got to go, bro. We, we have to, um, yeah. Not even like as this is a great opportunity for us. It was just like, yo, the bar is raised. Get the fuck up. Right. That's what it felt like to me. Well, I definitely wanted to you turn that win into a win for us. Obviously, you sure. know what I mean. Uh, once again, it was it was a vehicle. Sure. That, that I, and it was our vehicle, and um, you know, it was our little baby. You know, and so I wanted to u- use that to to get another win. And I think that's what you you have to do. You know, and I think in the music world. And in general, I think you have to turn, you know, you have to take one thing and then turn that into something else, you know, and, and move move from there to the next level if you can. You know? Is that because you've realized that or you, you just had like a premonition that this could be short lived just on the basis of the environment of the music industry, the the um, the reputation of the music industry that this this is good, but I can't be caught up in this because this could die very quickly well I, well here's the thing i mean it's always best to be on the inside of projects right so yeah. i felt like if we were winning and we were killing the game like what better than that you know yeah. what I mean? why would i want to be producing for somebody else that can be producing for the for this band that was gonna do it huge yeah. and and uh you know so you had that some jimmy page led zeppelin type yeah. shit right i mean you know because that, that that's an interesting position to be in like you have you have a record that pops off with an artist, right? Like it, like it catapults you, but then at the same time, you have a band of hooligans, but that you believe in could be something really special. Like how how is that for you as a creator? Like like because you're so meticulous with it. There, there's a reason why you stick with, with with the band of brothers. You know what I mean? Like what what was that for you? Like how how was that during that period? Yeah, I mean it. <sighs> You know, it was it was obviously it was uh, it it was tough. It was tough. It, it, you sure. know, it was tough trying to get it to uh, to a level. You know, I, yeah. I I learned a lot about people and about um, challenges and, and and you know trying to achieve a common goal with a lot of voices in the room. Yeah. You know, um, and yeah, I learned a lot. Like it was it was obviously a really good experience. But uh, you know, yeah, see, seeing it from because on some real shit though like asher actually was really good at recording you know what yeah. i mean so even like with him and like i you know cats knew what was up you know but with us the shit it was like really green you it know was, yeah. so it was just it, it was really tough to like yeah but i wanted of course i wanted i wanted us to win and i wanted a, to turn um a win for another artist into a win for from from my squad yeah. you know what i mean with our jerseys on you know yeah i mean enough. think think about this i mean we went from you know performing in front of you know our our la crowd to you know doing a show where it was you know asheroth bob you know um us you know chester french i want to say they were in the mix oh yeah i don't know did we oh i guess we did play i think we played a couple with them man they're amazing shout out to da amazing man it's such a such an amazing group um so you know, as a band, it's really, really tough if everyone's not working at a billion percent. Yeah. Um, and 
once you're working at a billion percent, then that's just a start. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you have to start there. Yeah. Then it's like that combined with like writing good songs and everything. But unless you're really putting in that work ethic, um, it's really tough to raise your bar past a certain level. And you see that very, very clearly. Um, I think like that was the, probably the first time we were exposed when we saw some like Asher um, go there, like there, boom, it crossed the bar. It crossed. Right. But with the band, it never did. Yeah, I mean, we just, um, I, yeah, it was we had we had an interesting experience, you know. Yeah. Um, we we put out that one little EP or whatever, and then we had that little look on MTV at seven and seven. So it's like, oh shit, we might be doing something right, you know. But I think to turn in um, great records, we just it was really tough, um, just getting you know everybody on the same page, and and you know, every situation is different, you know what I mean. Every band is different. You might have. Very rarely is all all members on the same page. Yeah. Um, you know, it just depends on how not they are on the same page. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. It, I mean, it's it's a very tough thing. And but um, what was so cool to see was like your evolution as um this opportunity that you had with Asher really I think spawned a new evolution in you as a um as a producer, man, it really brought you to the next level. I 100%. think even for yourself, dude, hundred percent, man, I was, I was able to work at like some real fucking studios now. Like there was a budget, right? Like, I mean, he went from, I mean? he went like, from like work, working at studios, like four studios yeah. to being the dude who's now using the studio. Yeah. Like I was the dude in charge, like yeah. in the room. I mean, it, how'd that yeah. feel, man? Nah, that was dope. That yeah. I felt like, yeah, man, you know. By the way, and Orin is such like I'm just gonna say, no, Orin is such like like a nerd freak with studio consoles, everything, um, sound and acoustic, just every little thing. Such a pro, such a so deeply involved yeah. in it. It's infectious, Thanks, though, man. bro. Dude, half the time I'd just be like, "Yeah, man, no, yeah, yeah, I don't know, bro." bro okay, Orange, the king of this. This, this is Orange. Orange, like, yo, all right, li listen, listen. He's like, all right, listen to the snare, bro. He's like, all right, now listen to it. And he's like, what do you like better? I'm like, the second one. He's like, really? I like the first. I'm like, bro, I don't fucking. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just taking a while. You know what's wild? Like, you're trained musically. Like, he used to ask me that shit. And, like, on site, I knew. I was like, bro, I don't hear it that way. Like, I literally was like, I don't hear it that way. I, I don't know what to tell you. You know what I'm uh, saying? But, but, <laughs> but the, the, the education is, uh, I'm, I'm, I have the most gratitude for it. Because it's just something that just, like, over time, you, you kind of happen being around this dude who's like i said such a freak about this um stuff someone and i felt that as a producer that's when i saw your shift into uh, i don't even want to call it sound design just like what you were doing to push the envelope into creating new sounds new styles like what can i do to take this to the to do something different and new and fresh um and honestly something that you couldn't really do with the band yeah, because you know, yeah, those I mean, you four opinions, a bunch of opinions. It's tough. and and it's just like the progression of music too. It's just it's it's very tough, you know. Um, yeah. 
so Asher, there was this big Asher launch. Now you're a pro producer. You start working with other artists. What's your perspective on, because I'm talking to the people out there, the, the, the young dudes who, who are aspiring producers. What's that game really like? Because I think for, for me personally, the, it's like, oh, yeah, now you're going to make great records with other people. But then you get exposed into this new arena. It's like going from like college to pro and you're like, yeah. all right, wait, I, I played good basketball in, yeah. in, in college, but like I need to understand how, who is everybody, how this all works and how, where do I fit into this? What was that like for you stepping into that new arena? Yeah, I mean, it was a whole new world that I had to that I was trying to to learn and understand. Yeah. And um, I, I I came in and 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 I had to um, figure out how to work much better with singers. You know, just all this new shit that I I still was. Le- I mean, I'm learning every day now, of course. But like at the time, definitely there was like some things that I had to learn. Like what? Um, well. <clears throat> First off, j- j- just how to get the song right with the singer, <laughs> you know? It's like, well, if the melody's not right, how are you going to convey to them what's the better melody, right? You're going to sing it, add a tune to them? <laughs> are you going to play it on the piano? Are you going to play it on the guitar? Yeah. You have to be able to communicate. Yeah. So there were things that I didn't understand how to communicate as a record producer. Yeah. And I had to figure that shit out really quickly. Like, the first, like, real session I had after, like, the Asher shit was, like, I like worked like for like a few days with Macy Gray, and that shit was fucking wild because it was like from going to zero to one hundred. <laughs> I feel <laughs> one you. Billion. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and she was really really nice, but like she's also like real as fuck. So she came in the studio and, I, and like you know I waited a few hours. I was at the record plant, and um, yeah, I don't know. It was just like all these new things that I had to learn uh, as a record producer that were outside of making sounds. They really just had to a control a room yeah. because you know that's the thing is like when you're thrusted in you know and you're doing this for like I guess the living, um, you might be in the room and some random ass people might come in with the artist yeah and then you got to be creative. <laughs> I feel you. with What's some that fucking like, douchebags in the room. <laughs> I feel you know it's fucking weird. You have to, you you have to find your inner zen and you have to figure out a way. You have to have the tools uh, in the room to sure. feel inspired. And you also got to do a little cheat code, you know what I mean? You got to be practicing, shooting them hoops, yeah. get some, get, get, getting your weapons ready and ferocious before somebody comes in so you're not scrambling like, uh, what the fuck do I do? <laughs> I feel like, you. And sometimes that's what I, you know, honestly, on some real shit, sometimes I'm not even ready to re- make the record. So somebody come in, I'll be bullshitting just because I'm not even ready to, to make something. I'm not feeling creative, you know? But I think that ultimately when, um, you know, just learning, yeah, like getting your weapons sharp when they come in, like, Yo, I got the fly sound up, ready to go. You know what I mean? <laughs> I got the fly sound. I've been working on it. You know? <laughs> and and, and I, I, I still do that. I, you know, I want to um, inspire somebody to make something dope. Um, and if, if they're inspired, then they might write a great record or yeah. come up with a great inspiration or, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we're talking about someone who's going from, yeah, zero to one billion very fast. That was, yeah, that was crazy. And yeah. You're going, you're going, you're going on level 
billion. And well, so I mean, not I mean, not no, like, no, 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 no. But but, but like yeah. I'm just saying, as a producer now, you you went from like making beats daily to try to get something to now you're trying to do this professionally, and you have very very real opportunities right, right, right. presented to you every day because enough, this yeah. is like your your job. This is it. This is the real thing. You're a producer. Now the balance of being a producer and being in a band is is a, a difficult dance to very do. Um, Nushi, you came in during the time where. I think at the time it was it was it was tough. I think nowadays it's a lot easier, you know, because I think less people are actually going on tour. They only go on tour when there's a reason to go on tour. Sure. Versus before you would try to build a, a you know, a, a brand a brand by going out on tour. I don't know. Maybe it still works for some people, but I think. Well, it's, no. I mean, you're making beats all day. You have studio sessions all day, and then from you know nine o'clock to two in the morning, you're playing live with a band, rehearsing to try to play a show. It's, it's a very different thing. Noosh came in the mix. At kind of at the tail end of of, uh, of New Kingdom, and that tail end spawned from a, l- a lot of mix of things. One, we never could really get across that bar for uh, a lot of different reasons. Um, but two, at the same time, your professional career as a producer was taking off. And when that's happening, you have to figure out what you're going to commit to that and are you going to miss out on opportunities because of something that you have this sense of hope and camaraderie to but that's not working you know and we had a million long talks about it and 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 noosh was a part of these but for you what was that like you know just to dive in on it the time where it was like yo we can't do this band anymore we got to take, I have to take that next level. I mean, I, I personally have my own reasons, but I want to hear, obviously, your perspective oh, why, on why, this too. Why I felt like we, we needed to disband or whatever? Yeah. Um, or not even we needed to fuck. disband, but you need to take the next step in your career. Well, I just think that, you know, I really tried to parlay, you know, what I was doing into for us to help us, yeah. and yeah. I felt like um, I was really, really trying really hard to make that happen, and um, I put in a lot of energy, and I just felt like we weren't getting anywhere because the effort wasn't put in by other people, mm-hmm. um, and so I just felt like in order it was just never going to happen. I just felt I, I realized I gave us I gave us such we you know we were doing it for 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 a few years, so I, I felt like. I really, really wanted us to do it, but I just felt like I realized like it was never going to happen. It was like five years, dude. It was a long time. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, because when we talked about it during that time, like obviously you and I very much agreed with all this, um, but it's more so like five years. I think it was like five years, bro. It was a long time. Maybe four years, but yeah, that's yeah. a long fucking time. Yeah, it was, Y'all it was close. We went from three to five, and then met up at four. The law of averages like just showed itself. And and Nushi, obviously, feel free to jump in here, but like, um, you know, because from my perspective, it was tough. I mean, I was, it, it it was tough to continue to do that, and from what I saw for you was a dude who how could you not take those opportunities to get to where you wanted to be since day fucking one 
Like you wanted, you, you've always wanted to be the producer and now here's your shot. And this is just speaking to, you know, um, bands in general and, and just the state of music. I mean, times have changed, but it's like, it's interesting from your perspective, um, on taking that next leap into this new game and disbanding from something that you, you had, but going from being a member of a band to now just producer. And, um, it, it, to me, it, it always made sense. I mean, obviously like we were always in agreement with that. One, one interesting thing for me and like, we've kind of touched on it, but like, I'd love to like, just know from your perspective is that new kingdom for you was a vehicle. But then also knowing knowing you like that that the the Asher shit was a vehicle for you, right. and and there was a point where you had to make a decision of like immersing yourself in in one of them, right, the artist that had the project that was out, or the band, and to a degree you chose the band, right? Yeah, I, I yeah. And just, oh, by the way, yeah, Nushi, I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. This is yeah for the for the listeners. You very much chose the band for a very long time. Yeah, like yeah. Well, because, then, well, I'll, I'll tell you. And, I'll tell and, you why. And, and the reason well, I'm asking is this because I want to set set this up, right? Yeah, because, that, that's something. That's an important point, though. Because for me, like, for me, it was like, and 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 also hearing the the baseline things that I never knew about, like this, just makes it like that much more like dope for me to understand the perspective because every like cats go through this, right? Like you, you, you always search for possibilities. You also knew that in this time period, like V, like New Kingdom at that time was a vehicle, and then this project right now was a vehicle, right? As like as somebody that that has such a want to create greatness, you chose the band. I mean, yes and no. Like, I was still producing, but yeah, I was spending, I was losing opportunities for sure. Pri- spending band a lot was of time with it. Priority. Yeah, band, the band was priority. I mean, look, for me, here's what it was. I wanted to do something special. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, oh shit, here's an opportunity for me to like have my own vehicle, put out something that was a, an original sound that yeah. sounded cool, and that um, that could could maybe you know could do something, and and that I was gonna be intricately, uh, you know, a part of that shit. Yeah. Um, so and I think I, you know, yeah, I think that's important. You have to have ownership of 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 of, of things, you know. Because yes. uh, so many times I see, you know, yeah, you know, you'll have one, you know, record with an artist, and then they're working with the the, you know, you get like a, a little bit of a look. You start working with people, but then that artist is now working with somebody else for their second single. Yeah. And then you're you're left to, out in the dust. I think it's important to have ownership for, to have your own vehicles to to win in this business. Um, absolutely that's the way to win big you know what i mean and i think that that's how all the biggest producers have done it that way um from hip-hop to rock and and everything in between word so yeah let me ask you this who are some of your like inspirations as a producer or who are some of the people that like you feel like have influenced your your musical journey i would say like you know it's funny because um, it's always like so cliche and shit. So I always, I always like, I always <laughs> no, no, not even about that, but who I'm about to say, like, because um, like when he died, like I was, it, he became like such this mythical figure, and everybody's like, you know, like yeah, I'm such a big fan, but like I honestly like Dilla, like it just is always just you know because he would like sample the coolest shit, but then he would make some fly shit that was all original instruments. 
and, and and also just like um organized noise for sure just doing all the outcast stuff and um jimmy page too with led zeppelin just what he what he w- was able to do um george martin dr dre um yeah i just love the records that i was hearing and i wanted to know who produced them and so that's what i was i was looking up you know that's um, incredible bro so yeah so also, mad lib yo i was a huge mad lib yeah. he was flipped the freakiest dopest shit you. and i was just like damn <laughs> this dude's crazy you know what i mean but um but yeah i just always like the sound engine you know just like the dudes are just doing the the flyest coolest edgiest stuff and also the cats that had the cool sounds yeah. that's <laughs> that's who i i wanted to listen to i wanted to listen to the to, to the stuff that that inspired me i guess you know straight up yeah so 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 post asher now now you're you're in the game of being a producer uh, right. you know uh, sleep in the bread aisle dies down right uh your next chapter which was a weird one a very weird one i'm so yeah, pumped to was get American into it American horror story weird, um, bro. and i and i <laughs> it yeah. was a, you know it's just like it's like anything else um in 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 business you know um I had a little win with uh, with a white rapper, so I was getting hit up by all the labels about working with white rappers, and I was working with other people as well. But like that, I was getting hit up about that, and then some other opportunities too. I don't want to like downplay that as well, but like sure. I just was not fucking with the opportunities. I was like, this shit is weak. Like you know what I mean? And the thing is, yeah, because of the band, I didn't like go out on tour with Asher and 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 kind of take those opportunities to go and meet all these like people that he was with, Kid Cudi, and all these people, which was probably stupid <laughs> you know what i mean but it's all good i took the journey that i did and so i was just you know at home working with our, our you know trying to get our our, our ship ship popping but um <clears throat> yeah it was, it was it was weird and i was trying to figure it out i'm like fuck i'm getting pigeonholed like a motherfucker i can't do this how the fuck i work with this one rapper i don't even remember though. this fool's name but man this shit was weak and i just remember sitting there and be like yo i'm not doing this nope <laughs> I'm not fucking doing this shit. <laughs> but why? Like, no way. So, like, but, <laughs> so I was like, I got. I had to figure another. I had to figure an act two. Straight I had up. my first act, and I was like, all right, let's move. Let's move on. I got to figure something else out. I had to figure another way. Well, what did act two become? Act two became one where the, damn first just trying to get any opportunities. Yeah, man. Like, I was just like shit. Like okay, so this didn't explode exactly how I wanted it to. And plus, in general, I'm always obviously just trying to achieve, you know, yeah. now, more is and that, more. Now, is that, it didn't explode exactly how you wanted it to, but is that um, more due to you not wanting to take those opportunities? Because if you say you, you said yes to all those things that came your way, do you think... Like, even, like such as, what do you mean? Like, even if you got pigeonholed and right. here, here's an opportunity to work with all these white rappers and all this stuff, and you're like, yo, yo, I'm not, I'm, I can't do this stuff. I'm not really feeling this. Yeah. I'm not doing this. If had you said maybe yes to all those or said, fuck it, I'm owning this lane, do you think that would have maybe launched you or would have been, like or would have been more of a detriment? I feel like, forgive me, but I feel like he just wanted to stand for something fucking special. No, no, I know. I'm just saying in terms of playing the game. I know what you I want know, in your he, heart, he, he, but here's, here's, here's the thing with me. Um, you know, I, I wish I was just like this fucking business animal and I made every decision that was like business, but I, I go with my fucking heart. I go with my gut. Off and, top. And I, and I just was like, I was just, you know, growing up, one, growing up, did you, I mean, I just named Mad Lib, Jay Dilla. I was like listening to all these underground acts and the last thing I want to do is name, you know, 
you know, work with some white rapper who was like, yay, I'm, you know, because <laughs> Asher was actually different, but, but, but of course his big hit was kind of like a gimmick, yeah. right? So, and, um, and the pigeon held him, you know, initially as well, whatever, you sure. know, so, but, um, I, I just was, I didn't even give a fuck to be honest. I was like, I'm not even doing this shit. Like just the way that I, 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 I just kind of listened to music and was raised i was like i'd rather be doing something else in my fucking life well this, this is, is whack this is fuck. i mean this is the conversation we have with everybody i mean it's like that decision between your art and um business you right. know and and where where does that where do you draw that line like you know do you you know to where it, it's a detriment you know i you know I, and that that by the way detriment means like it can mean whatever the fuck you want. It, it, maybe it's it's a positive thing, even if you're not making millions or have all these hit records. Or it's like, where do you you have you find yourself in the place as a producer? And I want you to speak on this, um, on that line of like doing shit you want to be doing and doing stuff because you you got to do stuff, you know? Yeah, I mean. I guess it all just depends. I mean, one, obviously, everybody actually has to eat food yeah. and have a roof over their head. So there's obviously there is that point where you have to figure out like, OK, well, if I don't want to do this bullshit for money, then I got to either make money doing something else or I got to make money doing music that I want to do. So, um, yeah, I guess it's something that, you know, I had to figure out the time. And then in, in just in general, I, I go through that all the time. But, you know, as as a record producer and as a human being, I'm, I'm trying. It's fucking tough. But I'm really trying not to look backward yeah. and just be like, yo, I just made that decision. It was stupid as fuck. Let's keep it pushing. It's so easy to look backward. Yeah. And I think me as, as a human, like everybody, it's like, you know, negativity is so fucking easy. You yeah, know what I mean? Man. And so I'm just trying to just the be like, all right, is well, hella easy. You know what I mean? I can sit here and complain about a whole bunch of shit, but I'm yeah. just like, I, you, you can't do that. You know, you mm-hmm. look at all the champions. Straight up. You look at all the champions. I'm, I'm looking at Michael Jordan, you know, Michael Phelps, blah, 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 whatever. You know, it's like these cats, man, they endure, you know, pain to get where they need and, and, and to get to the impossible. And um, I fucking love you, bro. Was a ch- I fucking love you, bro. Understand this. I, I love you too. Anish. You know what I'm saying? Like, know, know this. Like, I look at you, bro. Like, and like, every like, your story is gorgeous. I is look it? At, I mean, it's it's. I don't know about gorgeous. No, it, no, it, <laughs> it's, it's it's got some. You know, it, you know. It's, no, it, it makes me want to say, ooh, it's gorgeous. It's got some it's, fat in there. You know face. what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's that face. It's ooh. Yeah. Thanks, brother. Yeah. You feel me? Like, <laughs> what I truly love about your journey is your like relentlessness to stay true to your your being your sound your creation like yes you are a human being yes you also are a creator like your path is fucking like incredible to me you know I mean, what I'm saying? Well, let, let me let me say let me say something one time i worked with this artist right okay. she fucking sucked by the way okay but um um, the manager, you know, he just, he told me something that, that was very interesting. You know, he came in and he was from England and this dude was going to be in town for like six I months. I remember this. He bought a fucking like crazy ass Mercedes. And I'm like, how this artist hasn't popped off nothing. Yeah. You know, and just kind of came out slowly that, you know, he used to be in music and he, but he just kind of put in the same amount of energy that he put towards music into real estate in England. He got rich and he's like, well, fuck it. I'm going to come back to music. Yeah. So I just think, 
you know, I always just look at it like, um, you know, the kind of you can make money, you know, you just got to put your, your, your mind to it. But like, yeah, I don't know. This business is really tough. That's all I'm going to say. You know, let me, so, let me so, ask you, let me ask it's you harder this. to make money in this business well, than it is in another business, I guess, you know. Let me ask you this, because you're also one of those creators that's also, that, that that's that's in tune with the business aspect. You are. Like you understand, you understand this business, right? I mean, over time, I guess. Over yeah. time, yeah, exactly. Of course, yeah. So, still figuring it out. But from from an artist's perspective, right? Like management, no management. Like, what's the importance of that in this game? Because, like, you, like to me, it's it, it. There's a rare scenario here where it's like. You're a creator that knows this business. You're pushing through in this business. Do you feel like it's important to have management? Yeah, I mean, I think I think to do a big, you need a team. You need a team. You need you need all the bells and whistles. You you, you know. But I mean, a, a streamlined team, of course. You yeah. don't want more hanger honors. Absolutely. But yeah, you're gonna need a dude to arrange your tours. You're gonna need a a, a, a you know. All, all the all the necessities to to get to the next level yeah. to make sure you're taken care of to to create the best possible stuff and uh, yeah I think you need a team eventually hell yeah I mean to maybe start and get that spark I I don't know I'm, have people done it before yeah but I think ultimately yeah you need a team you need people to believe yeah it, this is a team sport you still need people absolutely one hundred percent straight up this shit is it's you can't do it by yourself you know so going um. I totally agree with that. I think it's 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 um is way too competitive not to. Going back to Act Two, and this this weird time, it was a struggle, for sure. Yeah. What was the hardest part? I just didn't want to go back to like doing a real job. Man. I fucking. I was like, nah, nah, but, nah. But, like, but why? Why? <laughs> but why were? What was tough for you during that time as a producer? I had to figure like I had to figure everything out for real because I got thrusted in a situation where an artist did well and then yeah it went it went I actually like had real meetings yeah I was like meeting with real motherfuckers in like yeah. real buildings I was like oh shit <laughs> I was like okay so like I had to I, I don't know I just you know it it was it was definitely a, a really tough time I had to figure out um how to 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 get in there, I had to, you know, I had to. I don't know. I mean, you're you're trying to get cuts. That, you're you're, you're trying to like get for you. Yeah, I mean, you're trying to get cuts with other artists. You're you're trying to get out there as a producer. You're trying to get into more sessions. What are the challenges with that? I mean, you know, obviously you're brilliant at this and work at a very high level. You have the talent. You have the skill. You have the capability. You have the knowledge. You have the work ethic. Then what? You got to make you. Yeah, I mean, I guess really, it's 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 about making the right choices and the right allotment of time on what you're spending your time on. Yeah, you know, um, obviously you have to believe in it, but you obviously have to think that it's 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 gonna do something, you know, or or it's gonna, it, yeah, this like has legs, you know, it can actually, it it can actually do something. So I guess you know, even at that time, what I was thinking of was like, okay, like how can I allot my time? for this to be productive that i can really do this and take this to the next level right now i had a little win with this with my man ash 
but now I'm I'm working with some fucking Joe Blow. You know what I mean? He wants to talk about how he like, you know what I mean? Whatever, like yeah. some dumbass shit. It's a jackpot. And, and I just and I, so I was like, okay, how do how do I how do I just allocate my time and a meet and work with the right people? You know, it just it yeah, it was it was a challenge to figure that out, and and that's you know. Do you think it's coming down? It comes down to the right song, or do you think it comes down to being in the right room, or um, being linked up with the right co-writer or co-writers? Man, or top all writers? that shit. It can be any of that shit. I mean, there's been so many. You know, there's no one way to get into this motherfucker. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. It, it, sometimes it's a dude who just is get. You know, was just homies with somebody and just happens to be dope, and then he write, roasts to the occasion. I think all you can do, and I, I don't really have an answer for that. Yeah, cause cause there's a, there's, that's real. There's a million, a million ways to do it, and there's a million new ways that is going to happen in, in in the future from now. Yeah. But like, just because the competition. I mean, like. It's interesting, you know, it, it's so competitive. You have, you know, especially in the producer realm, I feel like, at least on the radio, there's always um, a, a few producers that dominate at a time that create the sound always. for the moment, obviously. Always, yeah. yeah. Um, and that can, that can go in, in waves. You know, it definitely can go in waves. But why do those producers, in your mind, stand out or, or define that versus others? that don't that have the same capability and talent and even songs i mean there's a million hits and great songs that aren't you know um out there or ever even released i totally agree with you i think um you know it's 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 hard to say but i think it's 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 two things need to happen of you know you need to get an opportunity and then you need to be prepared for that opportunity yeah and that's that's the only logical thing you can do you know um the people that are dominating, they had an opportunity. They took it. They rose to the occasion. And some of those people actually got knocked down, and then they yeah. got back up because there is always going to be that time when you're going to get knocked down, and you have to figure your way to get back up. The biggest stars, the biggest people in this business have to figure it out because they had a win, and they got to be like, damn, how do I get my win two? Yeah. My, my win three, my win four. They yeah. have to figure it out. You have to constantly figure it out and reinvent, you know, and, 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 and um, yeah. Is part of that challenge, like, when you're in that realm of, like, trying to figure out how to get your next win, do you think about, did you personally ever have to think about, okay, this is what's the sound of right now, let me make that? Or were you, like, just trying to do what you wanted to do, what you thought was fresh, um, versus adapting to the game of That's what's a good out question. there? When I first got a, a publishing deal, I mean, you know, um, the he- the head of, of, of creative at the time, you know, there was uh, they were like, oh, you know, there's this opportunity, this opportunity, you know, and my mind started getting a little jaded because I'm like, oh, well, maybe I should do this, you know, which wasn't really me, you know, and I had to kind of come back around and be like, nah, that's not, you know, because I was just trying to figure it out, and 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 I was like, oh, maybe this opportunity could be cool, and I was doing some shit that wasn't me, yeah, I mean, I made some mistakes, and I had to get back to just being like, nah, like, you know. Like, I just want to do at least, you know, 90 fucking percent of the time, at least some shit that I, I believe in. You yeah. Know? Fuck, you know? I mean, like, why else would I but be doing this? Why else would to, I be doing it? Yeah. You, know? you have to go through it to realize it, though, right? Yeah, 100 percent. Exactly. It's all, it's all, that's what I was saying about, like, I'm just trying as a human being yeah. to not look back as much yeah. and just be like, okay, like, fuck it. Shit was weak. You know what I mean? But let's move on. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, 
and yeah, and just and just keep it pushing, you know, because it's so easy to look back and be negative, but that you yeah, know, doesn't it, equate to anything. Usually, in a po- it doesn't equate to posit- something positive that happens. Yeah, I mean, it's just so interesting because it's, um, you know, it, we we talk about like, you know, you have to to be willing to evolve and move and adapt and try different things and and be as malleable as possible. Uh, especially in this industry, it changes so fast. Sound changes fast. Technology changes fast. You know, and trends change very fast. And the game, the politics of the game, like, right. you, you know, the head of, the, of, of your company uh, may not be that anymore. Right. Like your number one dude who, who was writing for you, who believed in you, who pushed for you may have gotten fired. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it can Things get that are out of your control. It can be out of your control. And, it, it, and sometimes it does get very highly political. Um, and sometimes it, it's, it's just, you know, um, who'd you, who'd you get in the room with? You know, obviously yeah, there's a lot of, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of luck in this, in the shit. That's yeah. what I was saying. You just got to be prepared as fuck. Yeah. And when you get that opportunity, you go, go and you hope for the, you hope for the best, you know, like it's, it's really, it, it's really hard to dictate what's, what's going to happen. You know, yeah. Nobody like that's all most people are yeah. you prepared. Yeah. And, but also nobody's like, most people are like, you know, start out at least is pretty fucking idealist when they start. They're not gonna be like, yeah. I'm gonna fucking come in here and just do things for money, <laughs> right? You know, <laughs> like when does that yeah. happen? E- even cats who want to make money, they still want to be like, yo, but I want to make some fly shit, right? Yeah. They're not gonna be like, yo, my music sucks, but I'm gonna make money. But like, I feel like it's you, not. You know what's crazy at that point though? Like, I feel like so many people talk so flowery and and like idealistic and optimistic about this whole shit, right? And like. To a degree, it bothers me because I'm like, look, like if you really knew what it was and if you really had ambition and just like wanted to make your mark, it sound different. It's not all this like this can be this. And I want to make sure my creative integrity like is shown to the world. No, you realize if you have a sound that you want to make, you're going to fight for it. Yeah, I mean, you just got to fight in this fucking in this business and in general for something that you believe in, because, you know, everybody's not a believer until it happens. No, exactly. There's going to be a few cats that might believe in you. And that's your team. And that's the people that you trust. But but yeah. Well, what's what's fascinating is, you know, you go you go from Asher and then you go into this next chapter where there's not that frontline artist that you're working with up until a young woman named Miley Cyrus enters the Yoelian chambers and that was i feel like the act three what was it was about act her? two that was act two i'm on my act three right now that was well, still part of act two well, like well okay there was that no man's land like like i guess that was the start act two but like because I mean, but yeah. it was even before her yeah i mean I, like i said like i had to literally okay well go ahead go ahead no i'm just saying like you know it man because i i've I've known you through this through this journey, my man, and um, you know I, I see how how the things progress, and it's so it's so subtle. It goes from like, yeah, you know, I was just working with Miley Cyrus a little bit. We made we made a little joint, we made a little song, we hung out, we, and then all of a sudden, another bang, and it was like a Asher part two to me because it was like all of, you didn't Miley Cyrus wasn't Miley Cyrus before that first record i mean she was the disney disney yeah. singer you well, know yeah. so how'd you uh during your time during your i want i'm just gonna call it the struggling time bro 
or like, like the struggle period. <laughs> um, even though you're still a full-time producer. No, 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 for sure. But, but no, it was, it was tough. I yeah. was like working with people, but I wasn't getting cuts. And I wasn't, yeah, it's, like it's, there, was, there, was, there was like a, a year or two where I just like literally did not know what the fuck was going on. And I had to kind of restructure my, my whole shit, you know? And there's a beauty in that too, because, you know, and I think it blossomed in, the, in this. Um, how'd, you, uh, how'd you first connect with, with Miley? Um, well, first off, just even before Miley, I was getting a couple, you know, I started doing like some more pop shit and then I was getting, you know, some, some, some cuts. Yeah. Um, and so I became more well-versed in like the pop world. Like I said, I had to kind of figure some new shit out and I started doing some more like pop shit. Um, and even, you know, some more rock alternative stuff is like a couple things as well. So, yeah, I mean, basically how I met her was just um, through my uh, product manager at, my, at the publishing company that I'm signed to. She introduced me um, to uh, to actually Kanye's cousin, super fucking randomly. Mm. Um, they were friends. And, um, yeah, I just, like, started talking to him. And he, one day he just hit me up and he was like, yo, um, uh, I'm at a Hit Boy session. Miley's here. I really want you to meet her. Actually, you know, before that, I ha- just hung out with him. And he was like, yo, I really want you to meet Miley. And um, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I didn't know too much about her, dude. Like, you know what I mean? I really didn't know. Um, I knew that she was, like, doing, like, the Hannah Montana shit and, and all that. But I didn't know much. But he was like, yo, she can sing. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. You know what I mean? But obviously, I saw it as an opportunity. But, yeah, she was, like, it just, you know, it was right after Can't Be Tame, which wasn't, like, really a breakthrough for her. It was kind of, like, a flop a little bit. And I think in their eyes, even though it still did its thing, you know. Sure. Um, but it wasn't at where I'm. I'm sure that, you know, they wanted to be, you know, um, so, so yeah, so he's like, yo, she can really sing. So at any rate, so he just calls me one day and, um, I'm, I'm, I'm in the studio and he's like, yo, come down. I'm, I'm, I'm with hip boy right now. I think he, he was managing with time, whatever. He's like, and Miley's here, you know, playing some records. So I, I, I came in and they were playing some records and, um, and yeah, they were just like, you know, play some shit. And I played a couple things, and um, everybody was really super nice and everything. And um, one record I played, it's funny, actually, her manager at the time literally stood up and started clapping, Shut like, in the, the fuck fucking up. studio. <laughs> you know, it felt pretty fucking good, you know what I mean? So I was like... How was that I, for you, though? Nah, dude, it was felt fucking good, you know I what I mean? It. Like, yeah, are, you, yeah. are you... Because uh, obviously, man, like, this fool, yo, and he's... Honestly, I mean, he's a really... Um, He's he's a he's a he's a big figure in the room. You know what I mean? So he comes, he's clapping all loud. <laughs> are, you, are you standing up? I'm like, all right. You know what I mean? There's like 20 motherfuckers in the room. Are you like, wow. are you nervous at this time? Like, do you do you recognize that in your mind? Like during this time, do you think, yo, this could be a very big opportunity for me, or was it just like, yo, this is just another day of I gotta, I'm going through the process, I'm going yeah. to the room, or did you like um, have a have a premonition that, yo, this was a this was a big a big day. I mean, I saw it as an opportunity because, you know, but I was also like, didn't know because it was coming off. It can't be tame. I didn't, you know, I knew she was more on the child acting kind yeah. of situation. And like, I was coming from the hip hop world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, and just growing up. So like, I didn't know much, but I was still like super open. Like I said, before that, I started kind of getting in the pop realm yeah. and I was doing a couple things and you have um, no idea what it could become yet. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I mean, 
um i saw it as an opportunity i didn't know what the opportunity was going to entail i like i said she was coming off of can't be tame so i didn't know where it was going to go if it was going to be big or small but i saw it as an opportunity i was like fuck it and yeah. to be totally honest when i met her she was so she was fucking sweet as and just awesome so i was like oh, okay cool and like we like we connected i was right. like oh, okay she was cool right and uh, I connected with her, her manager and everybody, so it was it was it was a good experience. It was a it was yeah. like a great relationship. Man. It was a good experience, and and um, and yeah. So, so yeah, I saw it as a, as a good opportunity, but I also saw it as like, yo, these these cats are cool, and um, maybe we can do something awesome, you know. Plus, it, yeah, of course, she has an audience, so I yeah. saw it as a vehicle, you know, yeah. for sure. And what was and when did you first start working with her after that, like consistently? Mm. Well, the first time we worked together. Well, actually, in that in that um, kind of listening session, um, she was like, "Yo, I want to record a couple of those," and uh, or I think even her manager said it to her some shit. I was like, "Okay, cool, you know, whatever." A couple months later, she's like, "I want, I want to, you know, I want to record, you know, this record," and um, but it was kind of fucking wild because the writer that I worked with didn't want to give it to her. Because really? she was an artist, no, but it wasn't on some like stuff. She no, just she's an artist, so she didn't want to give it to her, and um, so it's just like that was the whole fucking struggle, just to like you know what I mean, just to get mm. get her to kind of um, to 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 be able to let Miley record. Of course, I wanted her to record Absolutely. it because I was like, this is a fucking opportunity. Let's let her record the record, and she recorded a couple couple records and and stuff, and 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 this, you know the writer's name is Stacy Bart. She's an amazing writer, yeah, and we and then we started. And to be honest, like yeah, after the first couple records, you know, her manager was like, yo, like I really like your input in your ear, you know, and I like what you guys are doing, like you know, and I think, um, I guess kind of too like you know miley like showed her mom like and her mom was like yo like those records are sounding like i guess they kind of stood out to her mom you know <laughs> so she like you know they they just started believing in me and we, you know they believe in stacy and and so we started they started recording stacy in our record and then yeah i mean we started working with her and writing with her in the room you know we went out to philly and stuff while she was out there and uh, and yeah we started vibing and making you know some records how was that experience for you it was cool. I mean, first of all, I never like at the same time. What like, Philly or just in general? Just no, like in, like that whole experience because, like, bro, to me, you're a quintessential producer, Thanks, right? Man. You see, you see, like the opportunities are presented, and at minimum, you do your best to like mold it into what you feel greatness could be, right? Yeah. This mighty opportunity came to you. Like y'all clicked up, y'all vibed, but as a producer, you started to like understand like what would make her shine, and and you went there. You know what I'm saying? You also know that like some records are written by somebody else. There are artists as well. You respect that, right? But you know what the possibility could be. Like, how was that experience for you? Like, molding. It was. It was just like you know. I guess, like I said, you know, when I first even started working with like artists like my boy jordan like yeah i just had to kind of like just because i wanted songs to be like good yeah <laughs> i had to figure out how to tell them <laughs> how to like maybe make it better or yeah. like to help maybe maybe oh this melody could be dope or this idea could be dope so when i worked with somebody like miley like yeah just over i just used utilized my experience before that and was like 
okay, this is, you know, the things that I have to do. But also keep in mind, too, like, I had to, you know, just like any other artist, you don't want them to feel like it's, and it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be your fucking show. You know, yeah. they got to be themselves as well. Yeah. So I also wanted, I also, like, you know, she is, um, she's she's deep. She wants, like, deep records and deep thoughts and stuff like that. And so I couldn't just be, like, you know, put in some electric guitar, like, did it, you know what I mean? Like, that shit wouldn't make sense. Even though, you know, I mean, so... So I think just I also, you know, still keeping your input. But of course, like, yeah, I wanted to mold it into something that I thought the records would be great. And of course, I had the challenge of like, well, she just came off a of can't be tamed. What can I do to make this like one? Like she's a, a woman now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it can't be, you know, but I also have to, you know, keep the manager happy, the label happy, but then yeah. also her happy. And then but me, too, I got to make these records great. So, yeah, I just try to utilize as best I could the experience that I already had up until that point to try to deliver dude that's all i try to do even now i mean you know like like uh, how has your experience been walking that tightrope though right because you know your craft's gotten to a point you know what you hear you know you have to like keep them satisfied you also know that you have to give the artist as much room as they need to like be open and creative with themselves right but you also have an idea of where you want them to go how do you walk that tightrope like what 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 goes through your mind of like knowing that the best thing that you could possibly do is nothing that's a good question i think i think you know you know um thinking about it now i don't think I yeah that. i mean it, it's tough to say i think one thing is is like here's what you never want to do in a studio session everybody's got to be feeling good word everybody's got to be feeling good. there's pressure so the Ev- thing is, so, so, so if this one lame-ass yeah. motherfucker who's got a little sour face on us, guess what? He's bringing the room down. <laughs> yeah. So I guess the challenge is for me is, first off, everybody got to be smiling and having a good time. Even though we got to do some real shit. That might be like a fucking, yeah, there's like a budge. Like, yeah. you know, like, uh, you know, it's $2,000 for this fucking room and then as an engineer you you know and how do you mask that and also make it fun but also for yourself to not mask it but you know it's serious shit but also it's got to be fun too yeah absolutely so i guess for me my to answer that question is that first off everybody's got to be happy in the room so i i guess over time you just have to be you know as a producer you have to kind of half of this shit really is just becoming a fucking psychologist yeah you know what i mean straight psychiatrist and understand you're an anthropologist bro yeah exactly you have to understand the room and you have to understand you know, so many other things are just, yeah, sounds. <laughs> Straight so, up. It's like, that's like, you know, there's so many other things to control the room. So what I'm saying is, is like, you know, if, if I'm pulling some uh, sound out and it's, or, or, or pulling some idea out or saying some idea out and, and like, I can tell it's not being met, you know, I'll try to figure out a way where we can still get what we need, which is a great song. Yeah. But then also in a way that everybody's happy and we're keeping it pushing forward and that everybody walks down and says, man, we got something fucking great. Yeah. But not only for us, but of course for the listener. I don't want to yeah. just be stuck in our own dicks. You know what I mean? Like, of course. So, yeah, there is a tightrope. But I think more than anything, you have to make sure everybody's positive in the room first and foremost. Yeah. And that will dictate how to get to that, that tightrope, I guess. If, I don't know if that answers. No, absolutely. That, that did. Because, like, I just wanted to, like, bring to light the emotion of this type of experience. Right, because we also know you just described a utopia. You feel what I'm saying? But we also know there gets to a point where you, as a producer, you know goddamn well, like you have something or you don't. Right. So if there's a fuck boy in the room that's bringing the energy down, right, right, there are some types of records where you've laid out like this brilliant sonic landscape, right. 
and the artist that you're working with has literally like added on their voice, a story and like a sonic like gorgeousness that you just know it's it's there. Regardless of whether there's a fuckboy in the room that everybody's not happy or not, like you just know you have one. Right? right. right. So in that experience, like how do you get the right <laughs> mindset or what? Is it, it, it's not even mindset. It's that, like, regardless, like, there comes to a point where you as a creator just knows you got it, right? Regardless of the room. But there's also that type of experience where you, you have to maintain a type of, like, feeling. Like, yeah. as yeah. a producer, you have to right. make sure everybody's yeah, you, really feeling it. Yeah, you got to keep your... Zen- I mean, it's tough. Like, yeah, I can't even lie. Like, you know what I mean? It's tough. But also, like, I think that's what you have to do as a record producer. Yeah. Unequivocally, it's, it's, what, it's what the big dogs have always done. You have to do. You have to be able to control the room. Yeah. You have to be able to, to make sure that the record sounds great and that people come out and they're excited about it. Absolutely. And, yeah, you're right. That happens all the time where, yeah, there is that fuck boy in the room and you have to figure out a way to still pull it out your ass and make it dope. Straight and up. the way to do that shit for me has this been like i have to always take a second i'm not saying i've always succeeded because that shit will throw off my vibe but usually 99 percent of the time what i do and and i usually always do combat it to be honest like yeah. i always i always overcome what i do is i just say i just i just try to get my mind right and and focusing on what i need to do yeah you know because sometimes i could just be sitting there and there's a blank slate and i don't know what the fuck to do but if sometimes i'm just like nah i'm gonna do this shit i just focus in i'm like fuck this motherfucker you know yeah. what i mean and like, cause yeah, like you, yeah, of course, this dumbass He's gonna eating, be dumbass eating Doritos <laughs> on my couch. Like, you know what I mean? My studio is is vacuumed. You know what I mean? This motherfucker's got crumbs everywhere. Man, I can't tell you how often this shit happens. Oh you know God. what I mean? Yeah, the other day I worked with some cat and it was like three motherfuckers in the room, like doing nothing though. Like yeah. I, don't even, I literally don't know what their actual application was. <laughs> like, let well, me know. But like, yeah, you have to, you you have to just, you have to fucking persevere and be like, nah, I'm gonna fucking do this. Like, you know, it's just that simple. Like, and for me, it's always that internal struggle. You know what yeah. I mean? Because I like, yeah, you know what I mean. It's hard to get that confidence. But if you just look at the cats that always have done it, just in the world, in every stage or anything, not music or anything, you have to at, at some point overcome. Yeah, and get the confidence and say "fuck you, fuck boy," <laughs> straight the fuck up. Fuck you, fuck boy. Straight we come in up. and we yeah. got you know. You mean I'm gonna make everybody have the fist face? Hopefully, hey. you know what I mean. Yes, if I can't. Yes, amazing. Fuck. You know, but yeah, dude. Sometimes, man, when you know, I walk away from the session. You know what I mean? Absolutely, and like, though. And and you know, my, my engineer worked with Daron. We all know and love, of course. Shout, Shout out, out to Daron. Daroni, Fucking essential, essential piece to, to my puzzle. Um, um, but yeah, so you know, he, he even knows. You know, he's 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 definitely like a Buddha for me sometimes. Straight up, he'll be he like, is. He'll be like, I'll just walk away. You know, a session. You know, maybe a couple fuck boys in the room or something. Like, man, that shit was so weak, though. <laughs> I hate it. Like, fuck. And he'll be like, dude. It's one fucking day, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm like, nah, but it ain't, but it ain't that, man. It was like one day in my life, though. Like, you know what I mean? I can be dramatic and shit. Yeah, like, you know, you just, you have to, you have to keep on pushing. Like I said, like, I work with that every fucking day. I'm like, nah, like, you just have to keep on fucking going and fight, 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 man. Straight up. Straight up. This shit, it, it literally, like, life will just bring you down. Like, I got, I could, there's a million fucking things negative I can point to right now. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. 
I'm not gonna fucking do it. Like I just try all the time to just get past. And sometimes I don't. Sometimes I'll be sitting there stewing in the car, and be like, "This motherfucker." Yeah, right now. you're a like, you know what I mean? Because somebody's pissing me off. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm like, no, fuck it. You know what I mean? I'm For just real. Like, you know, and I just get to the. I just try to get as much as I can get to that Zen place to make sure that fuck, man, I'm happy, man. I'm happy on this fucking earth. You know what I mean? And I what always makes just you try- happy. Um, What's happy? Because Man, like honestly, like, like because look, like, and I asked that, like, and I'm literally gonna tell you my sinister agenda right. off top. Go ahead, right? Because I know goddamn well that your music and 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 your mark is going to be made. I know goddamn well that like you as a creator are timeless off rip, and like know that's true. You Thanks. feel me? Thanks, know that's true, right? At the same time. You're in an industry in a world where they're like such a facade of like acclaim and, and accreditation, right? You're gonna do it regardless because you're still fucking doing it, right? You're gonna do it regardless because like your shit is, is going to infiltrate. You know what I'm saying? Like your focus is on your craft, right? Your understanding is the game that you're in, but your focus is on your craft. You're not competing against the game or the machine. You're not want like you don't want to be recognized. If, 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 well, no, I, I do. I mean, I mean, of course, I want motherfuckers to be like, "Yo, like, no, that I was, feel you." You know what I mean? It's I just like you. I want people to be looking at the credits and but be if, like, "Damn!" But, but if you were on Good Morning America, if like Barbara Walters wanted to like interview you, if like Wolf Blitzer, like God knows who the fuck else, right? Right. You're gonna create history regardless. Well, thank you. you I mean, I'm saying? fucking trying. I mean, I think you are. I think in many ways. In many, many ways you have. So, sorry to cut you off. No, no worries. No, man. I mean, I haven't no, even hit the tip, tip of the ice. No, you know, but I whatever. mean, you know, I'm still, I'm, I'm just, just getting started. You know. It's no, just no. Tough. Look, and, and I just sold it back like an asshole. I apologize. No, no, no. Go. The, the beauty for me is, is that you're doing this for the craft. You're doing this because of what, what it feels like to you, right? Your history is going to be made because of how passionate you are about your craft right naturally like we're in the, we're we're in an industry where like there are so many other things that like bypass that but at the end of the day like the craft is all that matters well yeah but obviously there's i mean yeah you know but i or think there's I other things well i don't know i mean I, here's here's what i think i think there's I think you can also fake it till you fucking make it. Or, you know, just on some real shit. Like, I had a different path because, like I said, I sat in a fucking room and tried to figure it out for years before I even worked with an artist. Yeah. Some people are smart enough that they start working with people right off the bat. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a record producer, and then they're working with somebody. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. So I, I, I think that, yeah, I think to, to really do it, right, all the real great cats that I idolize are fucking craftsmen. They're passionate as fuck. So, yes, that's one piece of it. But then also, yeah, like you got to be smart, man. You got to be smart. You got to take control of projects. You got you have to you have to make sure that your mark is made. And the way to do this, you have your vehicles, you have all these things to get your music in and in, in the message that you want to convey sonically and in, in, in all that. Yeah. You know? Like, like it, it, it's not just the music that, you know, you have to do other things to get there. Unfortunately, I wish it was a, but just about no, music. it's just fucking not. It just is not like, you know, and, and, and so you have to do those things. That's why a lot of times people will get like one hit mm-hmm. and then they get this opportunity and they can't deliver again because they weren't 
at that level to do it. Now they have to get back the fuck up before Absolutely. they can do it. But I'm just saying, like that happens all the time because yeah, you, you of course you have to be passionate to get your crafts, but then you have to also find your your, your way again or or your initial way or whatever. Just, yeah, you know, straight up. What was crazy to me with uh, your work in this in this other chapter with Miley is I feel like there was Asher. And that's when you were like, boom, okay, I went from green to, like, I'm in it. Then you went through the grind of being a professional in the league. Like, okay, here we go. Like, I'm getting, getting used to it. Now you're with someone creating, you know, uh, the vibe is great. But now it's creating a good song. And with Adore You, leading off the album for her was pretty big. I mean, it was massive. Like, let's be real. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. It has 91 million streams on Spotify. It's the number third between there's can't, We Can't Stop. You asshole. No, this is Miley calling. My apologies. <laughs> we Can't Stop, Wrecking Ball, Adore You. So when I said, like, you already made history, like, bro, knowing you through this and, and watching your journey and to say that, you know, a song that you, you, you know, you wrote 50% of, is um played 91 million times my man i'm 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 not uh, saying like it's oh not, my god it's not that i mean but, yeah. but bro it's just just like i th- for me like it's there's just a lot of beauty in that and a lot of like that song like was such a a, a big uh pivotal point in that opportunity for you to take advantage of that opportunity to work with her and to see how well that album did and and you know what it did for you as a producer even with your credibility and and you're you're you know becoming more mature in this and making really good fucking music you know um you're part of that one percent that gets that chance and gets that opportunity and takes it and makes something from it like you really are so to take that to to where you are now and and miley did great you know on that record and you had a bunch of tracks on the on the following record um, even though that record, whatever, it, it didn't do as well as the first. We know that. Well, she, I mean, she, it was just a different, it was, it was a, different a different platform. Thing. It wasn't even like released commercially. You're talking about the, the yeah. Pets record. Yeah. 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 It was, yeah. Through SoundCloud. But my point being is like into this next phase where, you know, you're not a, a 20 something year old kid anymore. Now you're, you're a very real adult in this and this is, has become your career where do you see yourself now or where do you see the the role of being a producer now in in this next stage versus where it was when you entered i mean i guess for me you know obviously with just that yeah with that record or just in general with anything you just want to beat what you've already done so when i sit down and i write a record of course i want it to be a great record that's going to connect with people whether that's going to be a billboard chart topper or blah 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 i want it to fucking connect so Speaking to now, like, yeah, like through all this, my goal is just always to make a fucking song that's going to resonate that I'm going to like that people want to hear again, you know, because um, that's tough. That's tough. You know, it's 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 you got you know, it's tough to get a record that, that resonates with people. And uh, I think for me, I think that's always my goal and, and challenge when I do something, because it's like, yeah, you know, I, I've seen I've seen some st- a couple things. And I've seen some people around me too, like do it, you know. Yeah. And uh, so I've learned a lot through them as well. And um, yeah, I guess like I said, like the goal is just like it doesn't, 
you know, having an album track on like a fucking, you know, you realize as you've you know seen through whatever, like on a major label artist, if it ain't going to connect with people for real, it's not going to really help you propel to get you to the next level. Yeah. So I guess for me, I just always want the song to be great, you know, and you also for me, too. Yeah. Like I listen, I see, you know, obviously young artists, of course, if the song is great. It can go to, you know, go to another level as well. So right now what's going on is, yeah, I'm totally trying to develop some things and also have new vehicles as well, you know, taking it to now. Do you think the role of a producer like the Rick Rubens where, you know, you look at albums as wholes, you look at like um, creating that whole sonic experience. Do you think that producer is still relevant like that type of producer in today's world? Or do you think it's really evolving into more making really just good single tracks? And I mean, or or is it just different for different people? I think it it matters on the artist, mm. you know. Like right now, like I mean, even with Mike Miley, we've been doing some like folk kind of shit, mm-hmm. and with her, she can put that out and people will listen. And you know, I've, I and she's amazing, you know. So it's like hopefully people will like, you know, will will hear it. But a new artist might not be able to necessarily to do that. Yeah. You know? So I think it just. It de- it depends on on all situations and all on all you know what I mean. Like I guess it, 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 the sonic landscape producer could still work in in the sense of maybe like someone like her putting out a record and and or, or like Coldplay putting out a record because people listen maybe to a full full length. Yeah. You know? Or like you know what I mean. You know, versus maybe just like a newer artist that they're listening to one record. You know. Yeah. So you got to make yourself a career artist. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm. Frank Ocean. It's like you know. Straight up. It's like yo, he like his records are sonic landscapes. Cause guess what? That motherfucker, people are listening to the whole record. Yes. They're expecting to listen to the whole record. Yes. Flowrider, who makes a lot of hits, and you know, look, he does what he does. You know, and it's and the hats off, obviously, to you know, it's tough as fuck to make in this business. Hats off, hats off to him. But it's not like people people are listening to singles for him. Yeah. You know, they're Straight not listening up. to singles for Frank Ocean. So I guess to to make a really fucking long oh, long story short, no, I, love it. I mean a short story really fucking long. What's um, <laughs> well, that <not> drama? <laughs> um, yeah, like I think um, it, it just depends on the artist and the vehicle at you know which you're, which you're working with, you know, and, and and situationally if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, absolutely once, does. You know, at this stage in your career, right, going through everything that you've gone through. What is it that you want? Like, as a human being, as a husband, you know what I'm saying? As a family man, as a well, producer. I mean, I mean, yeah. Shout out to Klaus. Yeah. Well, as I a creator. Yeah. Like, um, what is it that you want? Um, yeah, I try to think about that every fucking day, man. And, and, I mean? and, and, Damn, and, I curse no, a lot, don't I? It's no, just but, curse, no, curse, curse, curse. No, but look. We, we <laughs> are. Well, anyway, we, we, we all do. But, we all but, do. But, um, no, because for me, it's not asking, like, what is it do you want right now? No. For me, it's asking, this, like, from the standpoint of, like, through what you've been through, right? Right. How has what you've wanted from when you started change into what you want now right like what you want now is obviously different than what you wanted when you started because you've yeah. gone through so much more right right well yeah it's, once again it's all about possibility right when i first all when trip. i first started like really you know 
like doing this it was on a on a small degree with just some local cats yeah so that's what i knew i guess you know well what do you let, want like let me, let me ask you this what's success for you as a producer and 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 also as a caveat like the asterisk is does it even exist right I, I, it's all what's in your mind right you know what i mean like yeah. i'm i'm always striving for perfection yeah you know what i mean so i don't i'm always gonna feel like i'm like you know the underdog and i'm trying to trying to yeah him, you know i really am like that's just because i always want to push things to the next level and try and do different things and get to to a new I guess heightened level, whatever the fuck that means, you know. I think for me, and you know, happiness. Yeah, I think about that all the time. Like I think musically, you know. Um, I think for me, I want, I still want things to be like, like sonically cool. Dude. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't want to be like, you know, with the douchebags default sound. Like, and and shout out to the cats who use the defaults. And I, yeah. I sometimes I might, even, you know, but yeah. it's just like. Damn, I just want to like leave maybe like a little something like that was hey that's like my little thing you know what I mean and that it was maybe just me and it was it was unique or whatever and that's I guess what what I strive that wants to make me happy is that leaving a mark however small or big just like something that like yo I maybe I maybe ran it through this shit that you didn't run you know like yeah I, know, I just want to I guess musically on that but then I also want to make sure that in order for people to hear that cool sound yeah the song's got to be fly yes because nobody gives a fuck about that 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 shit in the background unless the songs fly it's just true I feel so, you so I got I so 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 those things musically that that's what I you know I guess attain for happiness but then also too like you know of course just like life in general you know what I mean like I want my family to be like happy and healthy you know what I mean I want my wife to be happy and healthy I want my fucking dog to be happy and healthy you know yeah. what I mean like yo I mean we're still obviously super, you know super young cats but obviously we're not yeah we're not teenagers you know yeah. so it's like I still I I see things from a different perspective as 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 uh, you know than i did when i first started like i said i was just trying to like make cats have the fizz face I you know what i mean like oh that shit's hot yeah and, like now i want to be want people to like listen to me like man that was like an experience and like yeah. i maybe like i don't know maybe it's super fucking idealistic no, you know fuck what I mean? that but no, like it's honestly not. yeah like yeah like you know i want i want to like fuck i want to like leave something yes i can on this well, motherfucker you know yes. what I mean? if i can well yes. I can. It, you know yes. and, and it, what, what what's what's funny about this or, or what's crazy is like knowing you it, what, what's funny to me is that it's you're like actually being genuine because what you're saying is like kind of cliche right like i just want to like make a sound man like i yeah. just want to like leave something but it's actually true with you like uh, look a lot of people um i'm gonna do this it's very easy to to chase the hit um it's very easy to chase the money to chase the big advance uh, to chase the charts and, and play that and get wrapped up in that. A lot of people do it. And I, I have in the past too. Of course. You know Nothing's I mean? wrong I with it. Even like, Not even I'm judging saying, it. But like, no, but I'm saying like over time, like, yeah, like I'm just like, well, fuck, like, you know, like you have a limited amount of years in this on this fucking planet. Of course. And you have to like figure out like I always try to figure out like, yeah, what's important. I try not to be a grown up, I guess is what the thing is. I try to still have that little kid in me is like, dude, you know, I want to be like fucking, <laughs> yeah. you know, like fuck, man. Because it's so easy just to be like an adult and and just hate shit man but, i just want to yeah but do you yeah, have to no, hate I, shit as an adult though well, no you don't that's what i'm saying yeah. you still have to have that spark yeah you can't you know because life will beat you down man yes that shit will just beat you the but fuck like down being, you an adult, being an adult you need to be an adult 
right? Yeah, yeah. You can still do both. Obviously, yeah. fuck, I love being an adult, but man. You I still, hate you know, fuck school, man. I mean, that's fuck school. Like school's very important, but I'm yeah. saying like I'm happy now that like I went through it straight but, up, and I don't have to f- no more homework on these hoes. You, you know, know what I mean? But what's 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 great is that you're still waking up every morning and you still want to want to make that that smash song not not for any other reason but you want to 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 make something special and in your special i mean your songs bang your songs make people just just get a little stank face and that's what you're still living for which is so good to hear from for me personally it's so good to hear that um because this industry can really take that away from people 100 percent, man i've seen it i've and, seen and, the and, shit and, 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 and it, the crazy thing is a lot of people don't even think about that industry that could take that away it, no, but you, this industry is so fucking crazy you know like this conversation can't really you know it's so fucking wild you know yeah it's like shit that happens in this business you know it's 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 insane it doesn't happen. Yeah. Shit. It doesn't happen in the textile industry. No. You know and, this I mean? is, and this is... It doesn't even happen. crazy shit happens in the textile industry. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, the, the rules in this business are so fucking nuts. And like, all, like, I guess, yeah, like, through trial and error in this motherfucker. Oh, I've tried some stupid shit. And, you know, I remember listening to this one interview with Jay Dilla. And he played a beat. He's like, shit, I've even tried some, like, industry shit. And he played a beat that sounded like Timbaland. This is fucking Jay <laughs> Dilla. No way. And I'm just like, so, so, so I always try to think about that, too. Like, man, you know, I just, I try to, like, like I said, it's an internal struggle. I deal with it every day. But I'm, I'm always blessed that I, I've been able to do that. And the way I always think about things is back to what I said earlier. Like, yo, I can be a fucking stockbroker. And I can put in that time that that English dude with that one whack-ass <laughs> artist put in and gone and made mad money doing some other shit. So why the fuck am I doing this? I got, I got, I got to be happy. This ain't, this ain't you know, the, 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 the business has gotten smaller and smaller. It's like, this ain't like, it's a fucking gold mine. You know what I mean? I mean, it can be, of course, you know, but it's a very small percentage. You know? Yeah. So it just, you have to have, for me at least, I have to have some fucking, like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess idealistic shit. You know, a little bit that like I'm doing something for a reason here. You know, I'm making these ch- these decisions for a reason. I didn't, you know, you know, you know. Yeah, I, and that's why I guess I'm I'm trying different things now and 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 trying to get to that act three. You know, and all yeah. that other shit. Yeah, and w- what's interesting is that with producers now is, I mean, obviously a lot of. Producers are DJs. A lot of producers are artists, have projects, things like that. Um, and it's evolving. What do you think the next, the next step or the next chapter is for, uh, you know, uh, producers? Yeah, I mean, being a producer in 2016, look, everything's economics. I mean, bro, everybody on the planet has Ableton. Right, exactly. I think everything's economics, you know, ultimately when you break it down. Um, to some degree. And yeah. I think that I think what you're going to start seeing, what you're already seeing, is that the producers are artists as well now. Writers aren't art, are, are now just artists. It's just going to be more and more that because, um, yeah, it just, it, one, it benefits. It's nice to own your own masters. And two, as record labels put out less and less records, well, how are you going to make it happen? Well, you got to put out your own shit. Yeah. And so what you're going to see more and more is that people are just going to be more and more making their own waves. You know, when I first started in this business, a and I'd be like, you know, what do you need? Or like, you know, yeah. I'd go in a, a meeting and they'd be like, yo, we need this, like this, 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 this. <laughs> now cats will hit me up and be like, be like yo, wh- like, what are you feeling? What are you excited about? Because <laughs> yeah. cats don't know this business fucking really yeah. changed significantly in the last you. year or two. Yeah. I feel and, you. 
and so I think that the, the new wave is, yeah, the producers, the artists as well. That's why you have even, even cats that are like a generation up from, from like me, like, you know, um, Stargate I saw was doing a show. You have like, what's his name? Uh, the cat did all the Lady Gaga shit. Red One is putting out records. Yep. These are like huge fucking producers. But the thing is they're doing that because that, they already see that it's the next wave and they yeah. understand that. And that's also why, by the way, they've been successful for a very long time. Absolutely. Because they get that shit, and that's why they're doing it. You could, you could just see it. It's, it's the next evolution, you know? Because, if, yeah, if you're a producer, you, get, you have relationships. You pull out an artist you work with. You put out a record. You might even own that master. That might be m- more money than waiting three years for them to put out a record, and you might not even have the single. You might Straight have a up. fucking, uh, uh, you know? Straight up. Economics. Uh, yeah, and you think it's just going to be way more independent and way more people taking more control? Yeah, because I think that what people are, are what creators now realize, like, all right, you know, you're getting less money for things, blah blah blah, less album cuts, but what about the half of the other side, which is the master recording? Right. What about that? Because that's a bunch of dough, right? How there. many how many producers do you think know about that though? I think they know. I think they know. I think that's cats it. that are working, they know. Right. Uh, you know, the cats that I know that are really doing this, man, they're all trying to develop their own artists, trying all trying to do their own, you know, their own stuff. They're pulling out the relationships. They're realizing to just try to get cuts. Yeah, that's not working anymore. You know what yeah. I mean? That's what I was saying about like even there's Red One many. Star Gate. Yeah. It's not even that there's too many, dude. There's just less records being. There, there's less rollouts. Yeah. There's less rollouts, True. less people getting signed, and, and, and what labels are looking for is looking for people to make their own wave, and then they're going to sign them to take them to the next level. Yeah, so, the machine buying them. Yeah, so very rarely will you see even a label put even a, a real backing behind a newbie artist unless, by the way, which I know I'm seeing all the time, unless they had a huge, like, you know, they send the stats. Four million <laughs> Facebook followers, three million. I'm like, that's the capital now. Yeah. That's the capital, you know? That's how they're they're generating they're they're they're, they're measuring success, um, and how much money they're going to be putting into it. So yeah, I think the next wave 100 percent, which is already happening now, you have to make your own wave more so than ever. You cannot you you, you can't count on the label anymore because they're not going to come around anyway until you got to pop it and crack it. And by the yeah. way, that's for the artist's benefit because guess what? They're going to need to give you shell out more money. Yeah, they're going to need to shell out more resources. Because you had it popping before them. Straight up. And you had now have a bigger say. And I, I would always suggest that. As, I mean, I mean, million, I don't need to be the guy to say it. Everybody, you know, it's the way it is. You just you don't want to give somebody a chance to fuck up your career and sign up a contract and then put it in somebody's hands on your first rollout. Where you don't even, you know, they're going to want to see proof of concept. Yeah. It's just like any other business. Absolutely. Especially when it's this competitive and you have so many people. Exactly. And that's why they're signing these YouTube stars. That's why the labels now, that's what they're signing. That's what they're signing. Access, the YouTube, but they're signing the, the yeah, exactly. They have ex- exactly. They have a community yeah. around these, you know, they have a 3 million, you know, Facebook followers, <laughs> blah, blah, yeah. blah. But that shit is real though. They're influencers now. And, 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 and so the label needs that because yeah. they have less control over the influence. So, you know, the, the cats, the 15-year-old cats singing all the covers, playing, you know, fucking uh, whatever, Sia songs on the piano, you know what I mean? Yeah. With the, with, with the Ableton drum loop, you know, and getting 20 million hits. Like, yeah, like that's generating interest um, for, the f- for, for people and then also for the, for the people that are making business decisions that want to take that capital, which yeah. is people in the community, and, and exploit that and 
hopefully get them a record that's gonna yeah and sell their master recording that's what i'm saying like i do i really do think that people are starting to understand about the master recording and Absolutely. that's so essential other than just the the publishing yeah you, you have to understand that because when you control that shit you can make more money because even on a, like a tv sync is that you know joe does you know um you know publishing and, and as you as you know with these with these tv syncs yeah like they got to pay the cat who has the publishing and they got to pay the cat who owns the master yeah and, and so if you own both of that shit well you instead of making you know two dollars you made four dollars exactly um yeah. So yeah i mean it's it's so it's if you could own both sides now it's just that that's yeah. that's the game I ownership mean, ownership man you gotta own you gotta own shit yeah i mean the tricky part is the marketing you know yeah. that, that like you're trading i mean i think the game now is you you trade your ownership for marketing basically you know um you know from labels but yeah i mean if you can own on both sides and but people now are starting to ask do i need that no yeah yeah absolutely do i but, need the marketing or can i do it on my own i mean well, i think people have been asking that for years right i i think that people started seeing right? it years yeah. ago and they they realized that they realized the power of the net in the last five six years i mean absolutely. dude it's broken Agreed. everything yeah. even down to one of your faves the weekend i mean talk Off about perseverance it. by the way with that guy you know shout that's it. amazing to see his his journey but uh but yeah yeah, you get you know it's about it's about making your own waves, getting your own fans, getting your own wave to ride on because these labels ain't gonna create it for you. And if no. they do, there are those special cats that do it, but like they're but very between. Yeah, and they're gonna also look. You got to think about it. If 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 you're a dude who has no followers, no fans, but then there's a dude who's got like two million likes on Facebook, they're just gonna go with that guy and then figure out the music. Yeah, because he has an audience. They have yeah. to do less work. Yeah, it's you know they're buying into it, and they're gonna have to give money. To sign that artist, to yeah. take that name over, to t- you know, straight it, up, it's a personal services contract. Absolutely. You know? I mean, in this day and age, like the, the ones that win are the ones that realize that like they have the leverage over the label. Yeah, they, they, like they have what the label wants, and they'll make a deal. You know 100%, yeah. yeah, it's just tough because there's there, there's some like like a la chance the rapper that like can stay independent. Very rare to a very right. like trill degree, right? But also know that he has the upper hand. Like they're putting the money up. I agree. The only thing I wonder with his model is how is the producer getting paid? For real. I don't know how. The, I, no, I don't know what his situation. Big I'm question. Sure yeah. Because I think he's got a lot of internal guys. I'm sure they. I'm sure he's feeding them and whatever. But like to me, like that's the reason why I question that model. Because are they getting a piece of the master? Like I don't know. You know. Like I. I don't know if that that exactly is a hundred percent model too. You know his, his situation. At least at least we don't know the well, internal know workings. You but know what? One train that brings up because uh, we got to get paid too. The producers got to get paid rip, too. Off rip. That 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 brings like I want to ask you this. How does that feel for you though? Because like that's a very valid question. Like there, there's been things that have been brought up, but like producers are often left out of the equation. Yes and no. It depends on the situation. But yeah, I agree. Like we, you know, it's because a lot of times you have to, yeah, one, you have to make yourself, you have to make yourself valuable enough to make sure your ass is not getting left out of that equation. Damn. You know, that's really the situation. You know, it's like anything else. You got to make yourself indispensable, you know, whatever. Um, So, you know, yeah, I think that unfortunately, here's what I always realized, right? Back in the day and shit. Back in the day, but like back in the day in like bro- broke times and shit, like broke you classical get music, anymore. B- baroque music, right? At the end of baroque music, you know, at the end of that era it was classical, mm-hmm. and you know, 
the new cats that were doing classical, they were doing all the new cool shit. And of course, the cats that were doing still Baroque music at that ending period, they were like, oh, man, this is stupid, you know? But of course, they got left out in the dust. And you don't hear about those late Baroque, you know, composers. You hear about the classical ones. Yeah. So I guess my, 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 I guess my point I was trying to make is that I'm not trying to go against the wave necessarily of, of like, this is what it is. People are not buying records, yeah. okay? There is a free model. That's that's what it is, obviously. Now I I recognize that I recognize that you know, but I'm just always gonna think, well, how can we make it work now? Because I can't go against that way. People are getting the records for free. Absolutely. So how the fuck do I still make it make it happen? You know, you just have um, that's what it is. Like you can't. How do you? Pe- people have people have people have 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 made music. You know, like it, like it's nothing. But everybody needs it. It's the irony. You yeah. Know? It's the irony, but they don't want to pay for that shit. How do you have to be fucking cunning and smart in this business? And if I knew all the fucking answers, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, you know what I mean? I, but, like, I'm still trying to, obviously, of course, figure that shit out. But I think that the way that you need to do this, at least in my perspective, and, and like I said, I don't have all the answers, is that it's all about ownership. Right. If you own, if it's your project, if it's your vehicle, if you own the master, it's all about ownership. If you're going to sell your fucking your shit away, it's going to be harder for you, or you're working on somebody else's um projects then it's it's going to be harder for you to own a larger piece so you have to just you know pull out all your resources all your ladders and try to ho- hopefully get over that fence you know what i mean and, and to break the things that you you know want to do but yeah you have, it's important to have ownership because right. like i said like it's like with chances music well it's still getting synced up you know to tv and film so sure. there's still money being made that way yeah. But like, yeah, the record. So I'm saying there still is a way. And like I said, for me, I'm not going to be one of them late broke composers and be like, oh, like I'm still going to sell like CDs. <laughs> like I don't fucking know. Like, you know what I mean? Unfortunately, well, I, I, I'm not as business. I'm not that Mr. Business Savvy dude. I'm more thinking on music terms. But I do think that ultimately the way to do that is through ownership. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, and, and let's be real. Like also the sync world is very, very small too. Like it's still a very small portion of, of your total income. It's like... Yeah, you could get in a, in a show or, or a film or a trailer. It, but it's breaking uh, songs now. It is breaking songs. Uh, which is, it, sometimes, some, sometimes. Some, some. If you look at like the percentage, it's still so little, dude. It's like, it, honestly, like I think people are gravitating towards that because it's kind of like the quick, easy fee. And they're like, oh, I could do it. It'll give me good exposure. But really, oftentimes, more than not, it doesn't really translate unless it's in a very influential or or big um moment in in a film or or trailer tv not so much unless you're doing like gray's anatomy or something that's known for that but i think ownership is incredibly important but you know it's um because you're getting it from both sides you'll you'll get your your sales you're going to get your streams you're going to get all the different types of income also worldwide in other countries but also like if you're an artist too you're getting that touring money and the merch course, money exactly. and all the all that stuff. Ownership too, if Absolutely. You, if, you, if you work with that artist and you guys have something or you develop that artist and stuff like that, you got to make sure that, yeah, you're like protecting your investment because, yeah. you know, a lot of times people. Oh, sorry. Yeah, oh, was, yeah. oh, my God. For the yeah. first time ever, I, I, I yeah. think I was I was I was doing pulling in a noose right yeah. now. I was like, <laughs> looking where the fuck away. hopefully yeah, um, let's go back. But. Um, but yeah, sorry. No, 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 <laughs> no. I, I was saying about about touring because you know. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, but but about yeah, but uh, about ownership. But yeah, exactly. If it's your, 
if it's your project uh, projects that you're putting out if it's your artists or whatever like that and you have to make sure that you're getting ownership of that it's just fucking fair it's just fair if but you're developing yeah, something as a producer at, at, you should at, be getting at what point as a producer can you ask for that well, I think, look, if somebody's already getting it popping and cracking without you, you don't yeah. have the leverage, dude. Yeah. You know? But if you had a couple wins, you got to parlay that into somebody who maybe either is has no experience, nothing going on, and you just believe, or they have a little something going on, but you still ha- are maybe in a bigger position to maybe take them to the next level. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing with producers, too. I mean, if you're, unless you're like an, you know, an artist, like a DJ or like a major laser or, you know, something like that where you're getting money from but also a lot of these guys have their own label a lot of these guys sign their own writers develop them have their own sub companies underneath so like you leverage it as a producer obviously you know this man i mean there's that whole world too of of development and getting more acts and taking that to the next level i mean it's a combination you have to be super dynamic now in the music industry you can't like i think just being you know one something just doesn't really exist that well. I mean, some people fi- have success in it, but um, it, it's still very rare. I think you just have to do more um, and be more dynamic. Yeah, you have to you have to fight. You have to focus. You have to allocate your time in in, in the right ways, and you have to make sure you have to you have to maximize all your opportunities, and you have to you know you have to um, make sure you have ownership yeah exactly i mean it's it's all the it's all that stuff you know i mean obviously like i said i don't have all all the answers but i do just think that you know you have a limited amount of time in the day and yeah. you have a limited amount of things that you can believe in yeah. and you have to you have to hopefully bet on the things that you that you think are going are going to do something you know and um and yeah and then you have to just hope hope for the best but then of course yeah, it's, if you have to protect your, yourself as a, in a business sense to make sure you can still do this shit, and it's yeah. fair, you know. If you're creating the music for the artist, well, yeah, I mean, like they're, yeah, like they're singing songs, and like your music's playing, like yeah, we, you know, we should be compensated as well. But like, yeah, in terms of the new model and everything like that, yeah, ownership and 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 yeah, getting a piece of that merchandise if you can't, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you're an artist and you have. You know, it, again, you have to be. Sometimes you got to be the producer, writer, and artist, and touring act, and everything yeah. all in. But you also don't want to be the all-in-one guy too, because it's hard yeah. to focus. You got to hopefully yeah. have a few believers, yeah, and ha- have them help with you. Because when you're that dude that's all-in-one, it's really fucking hard. It's very it's hard. really fucking hard. What you do know? you mean by the all-in-one? Like, like, uh, trying to do everything. You yeah, know like, what I mean? Like, for example, like, um, yeah, like Skrillex or something. Like, I no, mean, but he doesn't. No, he's not no, all-in-one not guy. Even not him. No, um, no, no, he has a team of people. I'm talking about like, like, uh. I don't think there's even really somebody we can necessarily. No. Like, I'm just saying because you know why? Because every motherfucker that you see that's doing it, he's still got a team. Yeah, I don't. We cannot Straight name. I'm telling yeah, you right I, mean, now, you I cannot to, think of one guy. Even like yeah. a guy like Kanye who feels like he's a one guy. Like this guy's got a fucking team. No, you you have to Solid have the, you have to have yeah. the team. But uh, you know, I, I think all in one in the essence of like being a producer, an artist, and a songwriter. Um, right, you need to be all those things in 2016. Yeah, though, though you know, I think. Or you need to have like be able to pull all those resources. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what it is. You know, it doesn't. You don't always have to be. I mean, I, the way I always say, because the all in one is like a detriment. Yeah, you don't always well, you exactly. You don't always see. For me, sometimes, yeah, you don't always have to be um, doing everything. You just yeah. have to know how to be the guy to put it together. Yeah, you have to be the guy, and that's the fucking thing. And some guys are great at that. Don't play a single instrument, Rick Rubin. He knows how to pull it together, though. Yeah, he knows how to control the room. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, that's. I, I think that's that's definitely very important. Bang. Bang.
Let me ask you this. I, I, I want to end off on this question. Holler. Right. We've been going steady here, fellas. We have. Yeah, and this it, is brilliant. It's been so like, juicy. Let me tell you, like, I'm Hopefully just so it hasn't been too boring. <laughs> no, look. Fuck that. I'm just telling you this. And I said, fuck that. And yes, you have been cursing a little bit. Your, your mom will love it. She'll uh, listen to every minute. Uh, I don't know. Let's see. Like, yeah. this has been monumental for me, right? Just because of how much appreciation, like love, respect I have for you as a human being and as a creator. I'm off the mic, but I feel like I'm like singular, <laughs> like in this field. I no, no, no. Get up. Get, just get, you know get on it, man. Just get on it. No, but I, I want to end off on this question. And the reason I want to end off on this question is because of like how much like how much you believe in possibility and also how much how hard you work to continue extending and expanding the bounds of that possibility, right? Is there anything that when you look back on, knowing that you're somebody that really has grown from everything you've been through? Is there anything that you'd ever tell the younger you to do differently? Or would you have let like your path, regardless of how different it's been than anybody else in this game, right? Is there something you'd tell yourself to do differently? Absolutely. Absolutely. Two things. Well, one thing for sure. See, remember I told you I was in my room like an asshole for five years, or like years and shit, just making stuff. And, yeah. And I wanted it to be fire. See, I don't think that's the way to do. It. You got to get with people, and even if it sucks, you get hey, you know, you got to get with people that are down to do this because you never, you know, you never know, and you have to just, you have to start making songs with people. It's not just you know like just making it a fire track. You have to, yeah. get, you have to get in and make songs. So I would say to the, of course, the younger me is like just you know get some and even if he he doesn't have the fizz face when you play him the record yeah just tell him right you know or is it just something you know just to get in with other people and just to you know because because music is a communal thing sometimes there are those rare john lennon's out there you know but like usually men sometimes the song is written best with two people or more yeah. um sometimes there are those onesies and yeah. that happens so i definitely would say that and secondly i would say something that i would say to myself now is like you just have to fucking honestly go and put yourself out there you have to go and put yourself out there. You can't be a little puss puss. You got to put yourself out there. Let me ask you this: What what makes in, people, in every respect? What, what makes people a puss puss? I I think <laughs> I think I think what makes people uh, to, you know I think that ultimately um, the confidence you know you have to just like not give a fuck. Right. You know? But but like can, like let me ask you this: Do you think somebody? Stuff? No, but look, do you think somebody could have that confidence, or do you think like it's developed, right? Because naturally, every artist or creator is insecure as shit about their work until it's like until it's like validated, right? right. But the puss puss that you're talking <laughs> about is so special. It's so special right, because so many people like. Have the puss puss in them that, oh. like, I need to hear you tell me this shit's tight. Yeah. Right? But, like, what if that person's ears are fuckboy ears? It's going going back to NBA Jam. Okay. Take me there, bro. Give Go me back the attributes Jam. right some, now, dog, because I'm people with you. Have, some people have the confidence bar up at a 10. Some yeah. people have the music bar up at a 3. Some people have the music bar up at 10. Some people have the fucking, you know what I mean? The, uh, you know, uh, the, the confidence bar at 3. Yeah. So, um... I think that you just just gotta just 
use you know everybody has different attributes that they can do Absolutely. but you can't let that stop you some of the people that some of the biggest producers cannot make a fucking beat dude yeah <laughs> like straight for up. real straight <laughs> up but they have the confidence in the room and they have the confidence and they figured it out and and they're the ones who who, who people are looking at that 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 one for that artist or that and, and created the song or whatever you know yeah help, help create the song so you just have to just work with what you got yeah and fight like hell to get to where you want to go straight up and the things that you don't have you have to just be like all right well like fuck like for example like i said with me like like you know some things are just by necessity like i couldn't figure out how to play i didn't have a guitar so i had to figure the shit out yeah you know to get to, to get to where i wanted to go yes and and you can't make excuses and be like oh, well i don't have a guitar player well nobody gives a fuck about that you know what i mean <laughs> excuses don't help you either got to deliver or you yeah. don't so I guess, yeah, f- you just have to try to deliver and fight like hell and hopefully it, it happens. And the things that you don't have naturally, you either get the right motherfucker or you figure it out and you get better at that thing and hope for the best. Yes. And hold your balls. <laughs> you hold them. I mean? hold, hold them tightly, um, figuratively, and see what happens. I mean, like, nobody has the fucking answers. You could just try as best you can. Like, if I did, man, I, like I said, I would make a lot of different decisions. I can't go back. I just got to keep it pushing. You know what I mean? Yes. Still young cat, still, still have a lot of, like, ideas and things that i want to do and i still have time and and blah blah, blah. and I, yeah i but i've also had some failures and shit and i can't just be holding on to them one trillion but 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 they've also made you better 100 percent, absolutely you learn it, it's it's shaped who you are you know hey 100 hey i'm about to do a motherfucking mic drop right now <laughs> because that was so fucking brilliant dog <sighs> like real as shit we're capping off this night with my ay, 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 ay. I can drop a I the mother as well if you need uh, if you need a third I I I in your uh, oh. you know ending here whatever. hey bro hit me with an I I right now ready ready mama, mama we, we made it Dandara love you bro love you guys too so 